boom, back at it again. Episode 10 coming at you. This is the Average yeah. J Podcast with Jay, Justin Ruiz, and... And Jay, Jeremy Francois. There we go. So, it's kind of crazy to think that this is our 10th episode. We've been doing this for a couple months, so that's fun. Um, yeah, and into the new year. This is our first This is our first one, right, that we're recording I, in I the new so. year? I think so. I may have to look back on that. If anything, it could be our second, because I feel like we did it in the new year already. But we'll check. We'll have. Our it doesn't matter. Every doesn't single matter. one that we do from now on, we're just going to say it's our first one of the new year, just so everyone feels good about it. Yeah, just so it's um, equal. Yes. So getting into some not-so-fun news, we've lost some people so far this year, unfortunately. Some very, like, impactful people in – yeah, just in the entertainment industry itself, it's it's been pretty rough. You know, with the ending of last year, seeing the passing of Betty White, and now um, the first kind of passing to, to really rock everyone is Bob Saget. Bob Saget has left this realm, unfortunately, at the age of was he was like sixty, right, sixty four, something. I was like gonna that. say fifty six, but it could be sixty something. But he wasn't. I'm I think pretty sure. Yeah, I think that's. He, it, he was in really, the 60s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, I remember when the news hit, like, he was doing a comedy tour. Like, he was getting back into things. It's not like he was doing drugs. It was just, and it wasn't COVID. It was just natural, a natural cause. And it's yeah, very. Yeah, so 60, he died at 65 in our Orlando hotel room. Yeah, he was just but on what his were tour. you saying? Yeah, he was just on his tour. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I don't think it was COVID related or anything. It, it was just natural COVID, causes, natural right? death, and, which is surprising. Um, it's so messed up. Yeah, like dude was uh, one of our our fathers growing up. When watching, from for me, it was always Full House. Um, yeah, that was like he was always the. You know, I never seen Bob Saget in anything else besides America's Home Funniest Videos, but he was yeah. he was the the straight man. In, in Full House, and he was like, ah, oh, you, you kind of want to be like him, but then you also wanted to be like Jesse, but you know who was yeah. right. It was uh, Bob Saget's character. Yeah, he was one of those characters. He was, he was the TV dad, right? It was someone who, yeah. you know, you always learned the lesson from him. He was always super nice. Yeah, he always did the, the right thing. Episode, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he was like, the yeah, TV was dad, and I mean, from Full House, you know, Fuller House, America's Funniest Home Videos, um, and then also, everyone knows he was the narrator. He's older Ted in How I Met Your Mother. So yeah. he's been around. He's been doing things. I mean, he's been a prolific comedian for decades. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his stand-up is legendary. And, you know, it's in stark contrast of, you know, um, Danny Tanner, American America's yeah. Funniest Home Videos. Like, he is not that family-friendly guy when it comes to his comedy. No. and. And yeah, you know, everyone that was close to him, they're saying these things of like how happy he was at his end, which was, you know, it's kind of good to hear that because, mm-hmm. you know, he was so happy to get back into touring and be in the environment that he was most comfortable in, you know, making people laugh and maybe making people happy. That was his happy place. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, we might feel like it was, you know, too soon and, I mean, millions of people around the world do as well, but we can take some 
kind of solace in the fact that he's gone kind of like at his peak, you know, he, he left this world making it smile and everyone is behind him. The amount of people that are mourning him everywhere, you know, it's, it's a big blow, you know, it's a, it's a devastating loss for sure in the world of entertainment, but in everyone's lives, like you said, this was a famous TV dad that we all grew up with. And it's, it's going to be a, you know, it's a hole, you know, for yeah. a lot of people. And, and yeah. And you say that I, I think of like, you know, it's a hole, but then one day, and it sucks to say that there will be a new Bob Saget to fill that hole. And one, one day yep. that person will come and we'll be like, okay, like he's taking the reins on this. Um, yeah, there's there'll there'll be that new. I mean, I think right now one of the closest things that um, like entertainment industry yeah. TV has right now is um, the dad from This Is Us. He's kind of like taking on that new like father figure, kind of oh, like yeah. perfect uh, individual. Um, sorry about that. My dad was calling me, but he I texted him earlier. We'll continue, but yes, uh, Joe Man- 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 Mag- Magnanel. I can't say his name from this Joe a- Magnum PI. Yes, that's not his name, people. But yes, that guy. He was in Heroes, but yes, he does a very yeah, good job. Yeah, he was a guy from Heroes. Yeah, he does a very good job in that show. I've watched a few. Actually, I don't know if I told you the story. Not to get off into a tangent. Um, you know, everyone talks about This Is Us and how they always emotion every episode. I saw episode one, cried, and I was like, I'm not going to watch the show because I'm going to cry every episode. I know little bits of stuff that's going on in the series because Gabby watches it, and I see the commercials, so I couldn't connect the dots. But, um, yeah, after seeing episode one, I was like, nah, I'm good. This was it's emotional. Milo Ventimiglia. Milo Ventimiglia. So... Yeah. Yeah, that guy. But yeah, he was in Heroes. Great actor. I've seen a couple episodes and I know the, you know, the overall like plot because it's one of Erica's shows. She's she's been watching it. Um she caught all the way up to the last season now that's airing. She mm-hmm. loves it. It's an incredible roller coaster. It's I don't know. She's just the type of person where she loves super emotional shows. So she'll go from like, this is us, which is like, you know, literally meant to make people cry to like, I mean, she loves drama, reality stuff. Now her, her latest fixation is euphoria. And let me tell you, euphoria is a lot, but I've heard, you know, going, going, going back to it. Yeah. So somebody will place, will replace, you know, that fa- TV father figure role. And you know, for now it's, it just seems like there's something missing, you know, like yeah. Bob Taggart, it felt like he had more to give, but like I said, everyone close to him, including like, um, uh, DJ TV Tanner, Pat. her name's yeah. Candace, whatever, um, his wife, as well as John Stamos, they all said that they spoke to him the day before and he was doing super great. He was so happy to be touring again. He was, you know, he just did a, a really good show and he was on top of the world. So, you know, it's definitely very, very sad that this is something that has happened. But, you know, it we should be happy that he gave us so much joy and we should look back yeah. on his life as an accomplishment for sure, because it was great. He did a lot of, he did a lot of good in this world by making people laugh. Yeah. We got so, a lot of with him, like, you know, you got Bob Saget. 
like for the not when I think of like the 80s, 90s dads, uh, Bob Saget, uh, you got uh, wow, I'm forgetting his name. Well, I'll Carl say the Winslow. Character. You got Carl Winslow, you got Phil, like we got a lot oh, of James A dads. James Avery. Yeah, yeah James yeah. Avery, not James Phil. Phil. Yeah, like you got all these TV dads nowadays, like that's just too much to count. But the one that does stick out because you and you said it was uh, this dude from uh, This Is Us. It's like, but that's a, that to me, that's like the a more drama, a dramatic side, yeah, for sure. Dad, yeah, uh, not a funny Way one, more. but I think that's what we need, and we don't need to laugh things off all the time. But that's what Bob Saget gave to us, and I do, yeah, we kind of we exited that age of the sitcom, right? And now we're yeah. into more like dramaticized, real life, you know, slice of life things. So yeah. I think, you know, yeah, Milo, whatever the guy from This Is Us is as close as we get because. You know, we won't have another, at least in our lifetime, I don't think we'll have another Bob Saget. You know, we won't have another TV dad that's waiting just around the bend. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's sad, but, you know, we'll, we'll all remember him fondly. And unfortunately, with that, this past week, we also saw the departure of very well-known singer and actor Meatloaf, as well as uh, actor and comedian Louis Anderson. So... Two more people that really, in their perspective, um, in their respective mm-hmm. industries, that you know they left a really big mark. I mean, Meatloaf in what mid to late eighties, maybe mm-hmm. some early nineties. He had really big hits. Um, you know, I I my touch point with Meatloaf is um, Fight Club, where he plays Bob. Yeah, you know, he's he's the the big heavy set guy with boobs. So. Yeah fantastic role i mean he was a great actor for that i think you know he nailed that character and then louis anderson he's somebody that's been kind of like all over the place he's been in every sitcom i could imagine you know he's been in a lot and he's just i think my connection with him was the the funny guy i forget the name of the cartoon it was like a it was a cartoon version of him as a kid i don't remember the name of the show and I don't think I was of age to watch that show. I just saw it was of Louis Anderson. Yeah, like I'm not bugging. Like, there's a show. I'm gonna try and find it. It's um, possible because I feel like every every comedian has had a show about themselves at some point. Oh, Life with Louis. Yeah. That's yeah, what that's what it was called, Life with Louis. Was it a was it um a serious show or was or was it like for kids? I don't know. It's animated. Um, it got an 8.2 on IMDb, so it was. But it's kind of like it's not like good. animated, but it's like because it reminds me of like Bobby's World, like around that time. Yeah, um, that's like my my only knowledge of like Louis Anderson. So it was on Fox Kids, so I'm assuming it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of okay. towards a a younger crowd. I remember watching it during a daytime. It wasn't a nighttime thing. So yeah, that that is my only. I remember that show. Yeah, good. he's. I enjoyed it. He was in everything. I mean, you remember that that Zach Galifianakis show, Baskets. He was in that. Coming oh, to yeah, America, yeah. Ferris was. Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he was in Coming to America too. Um, he had his own comedy show in the nineties. Uh, you know, a bunch of different random occur- occurrences. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's crazy because I didn't even know because I've seen him in shows and stuff like that, but I didn't even know how I guess relevant 
for lack of a better word, that he that he was until probably like five or six years ago. I have mm-hmm. only seen him in sitcoms and just been like, oh, you know, he's just one of those guys that's always, you know, in things. Yeah. And then I found out who he was and I looked back and like I watched some of his stuff back in the day and I was like, oh, wow, no, this is like a he was like a, a comedy like dynamo. He like paid yeah. the way for a lot of stuff. So, you know, another just industry powerhouse that's gone, which really sucks, man. This this year has started off with kind of like a lackluster yeah. performance just because yeah. we've lost some some people, you know. I try to see it like differently too, like as of the last couple of years, because like, mm-hmm. you know, every year we're always going to be losing some like great people and it sucks mm-hmm. to say it out loud. But one thing I learned when um, my godmother had passed, it's like one thing I just came to a conclusion and I'm sure most people can agree, you know, their, their passing makes room for the people they left behind um, you know, like I said, I mentioned Bob Saget, like, I, I feel like, you know, there is going to be another Bob Saget, maybe not in our lifetime. Um, but because of these people, there are more comedians that are, that look up to them. Like, just as yeah. like I, with like Stan Lee or, um, even Betty White, like I just see the great things that they believe in. And then that's instilled in me. So it's like, yeah, like, well, yeah, they were, all- they were. Like to your point, yeah. they were trailblazers. So because of it's them, it'll for, open yeah. up the doors for so many others that are like exactly. them. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. So not to say it's not. Yeah. It is sad, but you know that's the way I, I try to see things now nowadays. No, I mean that's that's a great way to see it. I mean that's a very mature way to look at it. Mature. But I think I think that's a great way. You know, just. Yes, their departure from this world is sad, but we should be happy in the fact of like what they've accomplished and what they're going to allow others to do, right? Because these are people that, you know, despite who they were or what they did, they inspired others and they inspired others in a good way. So that's, yeah. you know, that's the best thing that you could do with your life. So that's fantastic. Most Most So... Moving on to something a little more lighter. Our next topic today is going to be... A lighter, be darker. A lighter, darker. We'll get darker. when we talk about it. <laughs> um, also in the vein of inspiration, because it's inspired from something in the 90s. So this new show called Bel Air. Um, it is a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot and it's coming out on Peacock. It actually premieres on February 13th. So I didn't even think it was that quick, but it is a retelling, obviously a more serious drama packed retelling of the Will Smith classic Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So, you know, the trailer just dropped what the week before last, last week, last week. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, last week. Sorry. The yeah. trailer dropped last week and I just saw this trailer and it looks freaking awesome. Yeah. Looked- I, I honestly thought I was not going to like it. I was going to be like, oh, okay, here's another reboot. But I was so, like, oh. To those that might not know, this was a concept project thing that a a writer filmed and you know edited, put together, I want to say like five or six years ago. Yeah. And it kind of took the world by storm. It was a dramatic retelling of the Fresh Prince. And, you know, 
it took the inter- it, it went viral. Will Smith got a hold of it, and now this that person is with the help of Will Smith bringing it to actuality. You know, it, it the production looks great, the actors look awesome. Everyone has a, a much more updated version of the classic Fresh Prince characters, yeah. but it looks like it works really well. I mean, all I can say is go check it out on YouTube. It looks super cool. Um, you know, there are things where, you know, you're going to lose some stuff in this new dramatic retelling, yeah, right? It won't, like, it won't translate well. If you yeah, it won't be. It's not. It's clearly not as goofy. I'm sure, like it'll have its moments, but it's not a like a goofy thing. Like the they kind of play up the incident that makes him go out to Bel Air, right? So originally, we got that little backstory from the from the intro theme, and it was you know he was just trying to play basketball. The ball hits a guy, and the guy like kind of goes crazy and starts fighting him. Now it looks like there was like an actual brawl on the basketball court. There was violence. There's a gun involved. There was jail time. So it looks like it's a lot more, it's a lot heavier and, you know, a much more real situation, you know, especially for something happening in West Philly. So, and then Will goes out, his aunt and uncle look like they're forget, (laughs) forget what you saw in the last one here. They're like super mega rich. They're like billionaires. Their mansion is massive. I feel like because of the production quality, it makes it look like, because like, I remember when just not to cut you off, but, when Uncle Phil would have these little parties for his friends, mm-hmm. it was in the backyard. You knew that, but in the grand scheme of things, you knew they had a big house. But I think because of yeah. production value, we're like, no, he. This is a big house. Like if you guys see the trailer, you see his Uncle Phil's friends, lawyer friends. There, it's it's really it's cool. a mansion. Like they're at it's a, a mansion. 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 Like it's a man. And then I think mansion. With, you gotta throw in inflation too. You know, he's got money. So I mean, gotta, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But I think the production thing is is it's the key. is more sound. Yes. Yeah. Like they're actually able to show it now. And I mean it looks super cool. Uh you still got all the cousins there and, and on top of uh Uncle Phil and Viv. You have Jeffrey, who's still a British black man, which I love. Um Uncle Speaking Phil's of- not fat, which is upsetting. Uh, yeah, I think they want to lay off those jokes too, because it's like the jokes were funny. Yeah, back because then, it's you know, yeah, but, but it was also like back then it was meant to be funny. Like this is not clearly meant to be funny. Yeah, exactly. But um, speaking of the cousins, one thing I wanted to touch on as well, it's something that we can always overlook because it was a sitcom. But like the skin color of the the cousins, like they mm-hmm. all match. They're all one color. Like you know. Uh, this girl, because uh, obviously we had the original on Viv, and then they changed the 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 actress. The actress. I forget, yeah. I, I forget the name. And then, but not only that, like Uncle Phil has was a light skinned uh, black man. On uh, Viv was light skinned uh, black woman, and then the like two of their kids are darker. Which and then, why um, Hillary was the lightest one. It was weird yeah. to me. Now they just it seems more streamlined. So it's kind of like, and this is to me it's a quality thing, but also realistic. So I thought that yeah. like, that was a smart. I guess a smart touch for this reboot. I also, I also think that it's one of those things where some, I guess, media projects, whether it be TV or movies, sometimes they get flack for having like lighter skin actors only or lighter skin actors in the lead roles. And they're kind of like, Oh, you know, like why did this have to be a light skin person? Like it could have been a black person and here does not like that problem is not going to exist. They are, you can tell right off the bat they're all black people they're all 
It's all black. Like they're they not super light skin. Nobody's, and it doesn't seem like. Um, I guess in the original one, especially like in the first season when Will mm-hmm. first shows up, they all seem very like hoity-toity and trying to be super rich. Here, they seem like a little more down to earth. Although they are super wealthy, they don't seem like they're trying to be fake at all. It's just like this is their lifestyle. Yes, you know exactly. what I'm saying. Like it's a little more, it's a little more believable. It's a little more grounded. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, it looks great. I, I mean, it looks good. I'm, I'm going to watch it for sure. Because there are a lot of shows that they read. Like for example, you mentioned earlier, Fuller House. I was like, eh, you know, Full I House watched. Too. The first season, maybe, and then I was just I like, "All right." That. Yeah, there, there are a lot of random reboots, and like, and we've talked about reboots before in our show. I'm not a big fan of reboots like that, especially just for a nostalgia grab. But this one actually is really good. But go ahead, because you have before you forget. Yes, so this one looks great. I'm, I'm super on board for this. Talking about nostalgia grab, me and Erica started watching How I Met Your Father. Oh yeah, I haven't started that. You know, avoid. Avoid. Okay, thank you. It's not. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to watch it because of Hillary and um this girl because I like. Listen, give it, give it the shake. You know, we there's two episodes. Oh, it's gonna be a weekly. It's gonna be a weekly thing. They're not dropping it. Yeah, they didn't drop the whole thing. Um, give it its fair shake. Um, I, I think it was two episodes. I don't think it was three. Um, but. It was just so like so. What bothered me is they use the same theme song. Ah, it's super. It's super short, but it's the same theme song. Maybe it's like sung by a different person, but it's the same exact thing. Uh, it's not even like Fuller House where it was like a remix and like there was there was like added chords and stuff. Like this one yeah. is like it's this it's the like that thing yeah. like, and it just keeps. Like and then it cuts off after like ten seconds. It's a super short version, so it it just there's no. What was bothering me about it is like there's no reason for anything. There's none, like no reason whatsoever. No. The first like there's I'm not gonna give any spoilers for anyone, but the first episode, right? How she meets her friends. She gets in an Uber, and has a conversation with the Uber driver and the Uber driver's best friend who's in the passenger seat and like hit like hitching a ride to go somewhere. And that's it. From that's then on, they, best friends. they establish a relationship right then and there. And then later on, like, you know, there's a MacGuffin, right? So Hillary Duff's character leaves her phone in there ends up switching it with the uber driver's best friend so like then she has to go switch it back so it, it makes them see each other again but like i it, it's to me it is so unbelievable it doesn't even make sense like yeah. it just so happens that that best friend who she switched phones with owns a bar that's not too far from them they really and, wanted to do the bar scene again yeah so he he owns that bar and he was going there later on to propose to his fiance and then like um Hillary Duff is trying to meet people on Tinder and it's not working out. She meets this guy who's perfect, but then he has to move to Australia. There's like there's so much going just, on. There's so much and, and so little at the same time. Like the first episode is really trying to like drill you into like 
knowing everyone off the bat. And Do they it's have just, flashbacks I, like uh, the original show? No, no, because they yeah. not, they don't that's know each fun. other. Yeah, they just met each fun. other. Yeah, they all just met, fun. and then in the at the end, I guess of the first episode, I think they all go back to the Uber driver and his best friends. They live together; they're roommates, so they all go back to his apartment, and his apartment is the old apartment. What? Yeah, so he get they get they buy it. they're the ones who buy it off of Marshall and Lily. Wow, that's a nice way to tie it. I, I, and the only reason, cool. the only reason you know that, the only reason you know that is because they kept the swords on the wow. wall. Wow! So they walk into the apartment and they're like, "Oh, that's a weird thing to have swords." And they're like, "Oh, we got it from this nice old couple." Um, you know, as a steal or whatever, they moved to Westchester or some shit like that. And I was just like, ah, oh, dude. Low key, I, I think it's cool, but at the same time, it's like they're trying too hard. And that's the thing, like, it it just doesn't have the I didn't like it was a nice nod, but they're just trying so hard for every little thing, it was hard to appreciate that nod. Yeah, I can see I see what you're you saying. You know. Yeah, this, it's this, a, this series went, or this this idea went through so much too, because initially, and also the the the, the production, because this, this is a Hulu original. This is not like mm-hmm. um, what was it, a CBS original, um, yeah. or yeah, well, yeah, because it's a different. Yeah, a different I think it was company. CBS. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like originally it was supposed to be How I Met Your Dad, and it was supposed to be about Barney, which I thought would have been cool. That, that would have like made your, so much more sense. Because it, it was like, okay, we're still doing this How I Met Your Dad thing. Um, and it was called How I Met Your Dad, not How I Met Your Father. So when I heard that they were doing this again, I was like, okay. I didn't think anything of it because I really like How I Met Your Mother. It established itself, hit the ground running after a year or so. I was like, all right, this is a thing. But after what you told me, a lot is happening in just two, one to two episodes. It's like, oh, it's a little cringy. And Everything I, like, I said oh. happens in the first episode. I saw like a review um, from IGN saying it's like, it makes you miss and appreciate the original more. And it's like, wow. And that's what I said with Eric. I was like, I know for a fact I'm going to watch this. And the only thing I'm going to get out of it is I'm going to want to watch the original. And it's true. As soon as we finished watching it, I was like, all right, I have to go through and watch, rewatch the original. I'm actually rewatching it. I started rewatching it a few weeks ago. I watched that show like once a year. (laughs) Like, it's a good show. It's great. And it's just like, for the reboot, um, and this is for the continuation, I guess. Yeah, it's a continuation, or an anthology continuation. It's an anthology because all all it is is they're using the name, right? Like that's it. Yeah, and it's to cash in on nostalgia. So, like in the beginning, you remember how the beginning of How I Met Your Mother, kids sitting down and the dad's like just telling them a story. They did that, right? The beginning, you see the mom come out and she's like having a glass of wine and she sits on the couch and she's like. I'm going to call my son, calls the son. And he's like, and I think the son is the, you only hear the voice, but it sounds super like the kid. I think his name is Henry something. Mm. The son that was from how I met your mother. Oh, wow. Remember the the kid that was sitting on the couch. It's like his voice. Yeah. Because he's an actor and I've seen him and all this stuff. It sounded like his voice. I don't know that for sure, but, um, so the mom just calls him up 
you know, he she it's 2050. She uses the TV. There's like a joke about how, you know, voice technology still doesn't work. And, yeah. you know, she uses the TV to call him and he's like, hey, what are you doing? It's the middle of the night. Why are you calling me? She's like, oh, I just wanted to tell you the story of how I met your father. And he was like, uh, okay. So then she goes into the story. Like yeah. it was so forced yeah. from the beginning. It is. It seems so forced. And the only thing I appreciate, but then I also don't appreciate, they they did a flip on it because it takes place in what, 2050, like that present time of, so like, yeah, because so the way How I Met Your Mother ends from what I remember, and I know we're like kind of off tangent here because we're talking about reboots. Because the way it ends, when it flips the camera and it shows uh, Josh Randor, it's him with gray hairs and whatever. So it's not Bob Saget sitting yeah. on the chair. This is a different actress. It's not Hilary Duff. So I, I kind of like the idea that they switch. But then it's like, now we don't see the kids. Like, they're just inverting it. And it's just a little weird. And that is a little weird, too, because, like, what is the end goal? Because, like, I remember by season seven, I realized, for spoilers, if you have not seen How I Met Your Mother, um, by season seven, I made the realization. I'm like, yo, the mom is dead. And then later on, they they say like, oh, like she died, like she was. She like, why would why would uh, Josh or uh, what's his name? Wow, Josh Rander bring up like oh, Ted. Why would he bring up how I met your mother? But it's just to tell yeah. the story of how they met him. And I was like, okay, so what, are they gonna do another like the? And you really, well, you like, realize like the whole thing is he wants to date again and he wants the kids' approval. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but like, here. Here, there's no there's no point to it because at the end of the the first episode, right at the end of the pilot, she's like, yeah, you know, I met him that night, and you kind of think it's one guy, but I have a pretty hard feeling it's oh, so they're hiding because it? so yeah, like they don't say exactly who it is, so it's the same deal, right? And it makes me feel like it's not going to be him because it's it's so much like oh, it's this guy, he thinks she's cute, you know. So it makes me feel like it's not going to be him. So at the very end of the episode, they, you know, she says, oh, that's the night I met your dad. And they don't say who it is or anything like that. And he was like, oh, well, you didn't tell me how you guys got together. And she's like, oh, well, that's another story. And then that's how it ends. And it's like, that's just teeing it up to continue. I don't like that. Because I mentioned mother was funnier. It's like, oh, Robin's your mom. It's like, no, it's like, let's keep going. Like, that was funny. So, yeah, at the end of the first episode, it kind of does little splash frames of each male character that you met. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, you know, it's ambiguous. You don't know who it is. You have an idea because, you know, it's kind of, like, pushed that the Uber driver, you know, from the beginning, you know, his best friend's like, oh, you like her. And it just – it's pushed into your thing of, like, oh, it's him. But I have a feeling it's not going to be. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not great. I suggest you finish How I Met Your Mother and you enjoy that. And then if you want to give this a shot, you give it a shot. I don't want to do that because why would I dirty my palate when I can just do the reverse? So watch the first episode. I'm like, ah, I'm done. And then. Continue. I guess, yeah, if you want to do it that way and eat your vegetables first before you get to the meat and potatoes, go for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then I'll just. That might be better. Live in the, the time capsule of How I Met Your Mother. Why do I need to ruin it? <laughs> and it's but like, anyway. they did. Yeah, there's a lot of things I could complain about it, but no, yeah, but it just in the in the the in the vein of like reboots, like there's some good, some bad, and yes, and this is not even Very a reboot; so. it's, it's another anthology, super soon, but whatever. Continuation, like, you know, Bel- it's, Bel- Bel- it's that reboot. Like, continue, 
yeah, Bel Air is a whole. It's a retelling of the story. Yeah. Whereas, like How I Met Your Father, the stark opposite. It's a continuation reboot. Same deal as like Fuller House, right? They want to continue it. They maybe they'll bring back some of the old cast members or whatever, but it's a continuation of the story. Yeah. Even though you know How I Met Your Father has nothing to do with the original people, but we should whatever. Make a, we should do an episode about reboots entirely because I was going to bring up like Girl Meets World and like. Just all those crazy stuff. But anyway. I never even saw an episode of that thing. I saw but... like a clip on YouTube and I was like, why? And I, I love that yeah. they bring all the characters back. But let's not get into that. <laughs> we should do a, a reboot episode. But so moving on to an actual new original show, we're going to talk about the new DC property Peacemaker on HBO yeah. Max starring WWE superstar John Cena. You actually can't see him in the show. You can't. No, no, Comple- he's completely invisible. <laughs> there, it was funny. I saw a fan art where it was just like the entire poster, but he's not in the suit. I saw it's that. Yeah, funny. I thought it was funny. So have you have you watched it? Is it good? Yeah. So um, I just saw episode four today because I watched episode one oh, this nice. week, and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna get through all of it. But then I actually did. It's good. I love that. So did you see Suicide Squad, the the second one? So it it makes sense like to continue his story. Um, so this is a a sequel to the to Peacemaker to the show, story. To the, yeah, yes, to the movie. I mean, right? Yeah. So okay. not to get into super spoilers because I think you might enjoy it. It's nothing crazy, but it's like because it's James Gunn. I'm like he did direct and write these episodes of Peacemaker as well. So I oh I, I didn't like, know that. Yeah, like I like I just. If you do decide to watch it, I'd say watch Suicide Squad because it's a nice through line yeah. for, his, for him. But um, not to get into spoiler territory. So Peacemaker is a person who ha- he will do anything for peace. He will kill uh, children, women, whatever, in a sense, just to make peace happen, which makes sense. But obviously, there's something psychotic about that. Um, long story, you know, Suicide Squad happens. At the end, there's a point where Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis... It's like, yo, destroy that that hard drive or whatever. And the guy from the first Suicide Squad, the commander, uh, I forget his name. Rick oh, Flag. Captain whatever, that guy. Rick Flag. No, not Captain Boomerang. Rick Flag is the one that... No, no, no. The... Yeah, yeah, him. Wasn't yeah. he a captain in the army? Or am I wrong? Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, so like I said, spoilers, he dies at the end of the second Suicide, suicide Squad movie. Fighting um peacemaker because their ideals are killing me all the spoilers you say no spoilers and then there's spoilers but then i said spoilers for this part so because of their ideals so like there's this this hard drive that's going to reveal something and then peacemaker's like no for peace i need no one can see that but he's like reflects like no people need to see this this is you know effed up so they fight, whatever, and something happens. But then they, um, when he dies, Rick Flag like, tells him, like, Peacemaker, what a joke. So that stays with him in the show. Like, they mm-hmm. show the same scene over and over again. And I'm like, so um, it's pretty cool to see, like, um, that continued, especially because it's written by James Gunn. If this was just going to mm-hmm. be all like, oh, let's take that story, I probably wouldn't be too heavily uh, invested. Uh, okay. But because it's James Gunn, that's why I'm invested. Uh, and if and if anyone doesn't know who I'm talking about, James Gunn directed Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 and Suicide Squad. So he's still writing these. 
And then and he will do three. We haven't seen three yet. That's why I mentioned it. But yes, he is doing three, which is great. That's another story that we can talk about at another time. But um, Peacemaker is pretty cool. Like it's very. So we get to find out that he's accidentally racist because of his dad. His dad is an actual racist. So we okay. get to know more about Peacemaker and why the way he's the way he is. Um, very. Wait. Out- so how is he like a peacemaker if he's accidentally racist? Because he because of his dad, because so like we find out his dad was uh, is called by episode three we find out his dad is called the White Devil. He was a he was a, a bad guy or a hero. Okay. Back in the day, and he used to fight crime, but he also killed col- people of color. So because okay. he didn't yeah because he just doesn't like black people. He think of them as second class citizens. So like so is Peacemaker he, in the same vein? Does he think that? No, too? he doesn't. He's not in the same. Vein. Okay. But he says like random things. So like there's an example, like he sounds like a bigot, but he like, you know, it comes from a good place. So like they're in a restaurant mm-hmm. and he comes in full suit and, and uh, with the helmet and everything. He's just sitting at the restaurant with, with this new team that he's supposed to be with. And then he's like, he says, hey, sweet cheeks, can, can I get a menu? And they all look at him like, why are you saying she has nice like, well, geez, it's a, it's a compliment. <laughs> and but the, the waitress doesn't get upset or anything. She just walks yeah, in yeah. nice and but like I thought that was funny, but at the same time, I was like, he needs to change the way he say says things. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to get too much too into it. It's just really good. Like it's a nice feel okay. good, it's a feel-good thing. And I what I'm sitting here as the audience, I'm rooting for him to be better. That's that's what's coming okay. to me right now. Like you're gonna sit there, I'm like, I want him to be better than he is. Um I just want to throw a, a small thing. This kind of could be our segue to uh to our uh honorable mention so there's a neighbor to the to peacemaker's dad he's a very old man he's like you're a superhero he mentions batman's uh, rogue gallery he goes okay. batman has this this and this he's like you're peaceful who do you got he's like i have no one he's because i killed all of them he's like why would batman keep putting this clown into the prison for only for him to escape to kill <laughs> more people so technically batman is helping joker kill all these people all the people that i, I had all my enemies are dead and i was like Oh yeah, he he, he has a point. He's he not wrong. Point. Yeah, <laughs> he's not wrong. Like I understand moral codes and everything, but if so, you can do that. Um, but that was a funny scene too. I, I enjoyed that. But I, sitting here watching four episodes, I'm just rooting for him. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'll definitely but give that one. Only up. thing I'll is, watch. I just hope. He, like James Gunn is good, but I don't want to see another season unless this is supposed to be a one season thing. Mm, I just I, I just you. hope there's no other season because it's like okay, just end it and that's it. Don't ruin it because mm. so far it's good. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those things where it it probably should just be. I mean, I haven't seen it or anything, but just from the subject matter, it probably should just be one season. But I guess mm-hmm. we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Because, like, when – because, you know, like, DC is doing their, like, multiverse stuff, right? So yeah. what's the show? I I don't think it's going to be called Gotham because, obviously, there's a show called Gotham on – or unless it's done on, on Fox. I think it finished. Uh, yeah. So, like, when that show first was announced, I was pretty hyped because I wanted to see a story that was about yeah. the police officers. But, obviously, it still became about Batman. Everything's just surrounded by Batman. Like, why can't we see other characters? So – um, there's going to be a show that's based in Gotham, but it's in the world of Matt Reeves, the Batman, which we'll see uh, Jeffrey Wright playing um, 
Commissioner Gordon. Or I think at this point, he'd be Detective Gordon, I think. Really? Yeah. So it's going to be on HBO as a, uh, an original, which I think, like, yeah. that's dope. Stick with a nice one-season thing yeah. and put it, put it on HBO Max. So it'll be the rise of Detective Gordon. Maybe Detective to go on commission. I forget if he's a, yeah. a detective in the Batman. Well, I, I can only think so because the Batman is... No, I think uh, he's commissioner already. It's his second oh, year. Oh, well, I guess so yeah. it's a young. It's a young Batman. I would assume uh, he's detective first before becoming uh, mm-hmm. commissioner. Commissioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay. yeah, I hope it's one season and we just get more stuff like that that just branch off big movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's great. I mean, I feel like HBO has that kind of sealed up, right? Like, I mean, the that's- only other thing I could I could think of that might do that is like Disney. Um, or Marvel, yeah, that, right? Like Disney, they have yeah. Disney does it, you know, where they'll they'll do a show based off of, and they've been doing that for years, yeah, right? They'll do cartoon, but um, you know, they'll do cartoons based off of whatever movie that did really well. More like in recent times, Disney usually does like shorts, you know, or maybe yeah. you know, like a one-time deal, you know, where it's just kind of like an extra, like five six minutes of the continued story, or it's yeah. just these anthology little bits that you get afterwards but yeah i think hbo has that format to to take those big properties and continue it out and kind of show us these extra story branches which is pretty cool because like you said uh marvel technically disney has been doing it because it's like you have the uh falcon and winter soldier you got yeah you got the shows that's that's these are major characters but i think with what what it seems to be going is that HBO or rather Warner Brothers is doing like actual side characters, not major players in their like you know Wanda and Vision yeah. were major players in the in the franchise. Where it's not gonna be Batman in his own show; it's uh, Gotham PD, and then you got like Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So whatever new show that if if uh, once the Flash drops and they do like their own little reset, are we gonna get like a a Batgirl or Bat or even Nightwing? Because like I and there's one character. Or one actor that I would like to play Nightwing, but that's a different story. But maybe we get these side characters have their own show. Um, I mean, that's a better. It's a it's a better bet, right? Less risk. You're not you're not having to juggle the these major names. You know, like with Peacemaker, yeah, you got John Cena, but it's not the same as Henry Cavill. You know, you're not gonna yeah. make a Superman series and hope it does as well. Especially you know, if it's, there is one already. Yeah, like with, uh, Tyler so, Jones. Tyler Joseph. I forget his name. Well, that's called, um, Superman and Lois, right? Yes. Yeah. Which actually, the first episode is really good, but that's just me. Really? Oh, yeah. The okay. quality is way. It's not. I watched it and I was like, this is not CW. They actually put a lot of money into it. They didn't continue well, it because I didn't want to ruin it, but it was really yeah. good. Awesome. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the way to go. You get these side characters and you flesh them out in the same ways that like a comic book would, but in ways that we haven't seen on the screen. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which, so that's, that's all I hear. Yeah. Now that just kind of makes me think of like how with comic books, because basically now comic books are just ad advertising and now we're just getting this on mm-hmm. the big screen, which it's, yeah. it's a sad thing to say, but Hey, at least we're getting it on the big screen. Cause not a lot of people knew who peacemaker was until they saw suicide squad. And then we're just getting a little more of, of his backstory. Well, I mean, I think DC does better in terms of comics before we move on. I think mm. DC does better with like doing their own stories 
like yeah. versus Marvel because Marvel continuity now it seems like it's just mirroring MCU. I mean, I haven't followed Marvel comics in a really long like time, but yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. But I, I will, I'll give you an answer there. Like, DC is starting to follow that format when it comes to the books, they're starting to follow okay. that format. Yeah, like when Suicide Squad got popular because of one and two, there were books on that, and then there was more push for Harley Quinn because Harley Quinn got popular because of Margot Robbie. And then what's getting yeah. more popular, which they're doing, uh, it's from comic book to game, there was the Suicide Squad versus Justice League. And then there's that mm-hmm. new game called out right now is Justice League. Uh, Suicide Kill Squad the Justice League. League. Yeah. So it's not adapted into movies, but it can be done if they decide to. But then you have to bring these actors back. But then we'll have to see what happens when they reboot the, the, the entire yeah. thing, um, which is going to be a rehaul. But we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, moving into our quick uh, honorable mention before we kind of oh, get yeah. off this subject entirely, but DC Animation has a cute little birthday this year. Um, Batman the Animated Series turns thirty. That's crazy. It's like bananas. I'm, I'm, I'm twenty nine, so I'm like, I think next year or oh, when my birthday comes, I'm gonna watch. I'm just gonna sit down and watch it. It's crazy because it's like it's one of those things where you forget like I watched it as a kid, right? Yeah. The animated series. You forget that like that came out before you were born. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Yeah, yeah. It's so like, wild. Well, not before you were born, but like when you were a bit like watching when you were like watching it on TV because when I saw it on TV I thought it was just there, but then I realized yeah. like wait, how was it born? How was it made in 92 when I was watching it? Like that my yeah, concept yeah. of time and stuff was weird and I was a dumb kid. So I was like that's weird, but it's like wow. It and it's still held at high esteem as an animated show. So good, especially a, a, a superhero, uh, a superhero cartoon. Like, like I went back a couple years ago, and I started watching it from episode one. Uh, I don't think I finished it out, but I, I made it pretty decently far. And man, that show really holds up. The animation style is so unique. It's like you so can cool. see it's old, but it still holds up. Yeah, like you can see maybe the actual version is not HD, you know, but the animation and the art is so freaking good. It was such a like different original. thing for that time, for that time. Like it was mm-hmm. so good and Kevin Conroy, obviously, he's Big Daddy Batman always. He is Batman and Mark Hamill's Joker, but I'm a, that's just my opinion, <laughs> which is right. But anyway. but they they capture those characters like so well. Oh yeah, insane. It's but, very well. Yeah, let's but let's. Yeah, uh, it started. Yeah, good kudos for making it thirty because it spawns so many like you know the Superman animated series, which is great in itself. Yep. The Justice League animated series, which was great. Batman Beyond. Um, I think that's one of Static Shock, Zeta Project. Those were like one of the last few shows. And they just stopped from there. But, you know, and this, uh, DC Animated is has done very well. Like, I'll say that. Like, the movies with, with the suits messed up a lot of stuff. But DC Animated has done well when it comes to its... Inspiration. Yeah, I feel like they've always done really well in their animated features. The only one in recent memory that I can think of that I didn't really like was um, Batman Hush. That was the only one that I remember just not liking the story. That. I didn't like Batman Ninja, which I thought was going to be... A, like, really? I had a expectation... But I okay. saw what it, I understood what it was doing, 
Mm-hmm. I just didn't expect Gundams. I'm sorry for people that might want to watch this. I didn't expect Gundam fighting in a Edo period. I was like, wait, yeah, what? that doesn't make sense. That yeah. threw me off. I thought it was gonna be a more grounded, like Batman hand to hand samurai. Yeah, like I like my small grounded stuff, but I was not expecting that. Hush, I enjoyed because it was a reverse of my expectation because I already knew who Hush is. I'm sure everyone yeah. who went to go see the movie Hush was like, oh, it's this person, but it was just a reversal. I understand why some people didn't like it, but I just I didn't like that it was the reversal of it. Yeah, I enjoyed the reversal of it. I was like, oh, I didn't expect it, but I was like, ah, okay. But I just feel like it should have been someone else. Like, I just don't like, because Riddler is such a powerhouse in himself that I was kind of oh, yeah, annoyed when they... That. Yeah, yeah then it was like, oh, so he's him too? Like, that's weird. I didn't, I didn't enjoy that, but... It is what it is. Well, and that's the uh, one thing I like because they tell you when you when these animated movies that they're uh, it's its own story it doesn't connect because there is a yeah. universe an animated universe based off the New Fifty Two line which ended mm-hmm, um, mm. a, a year or two ago. Uh, but yeah, like that Hush storyline was its own thing, so it didn't connect. So I was like, okay, that and I think I think that's a good thing, right? That's a, it's always good when you have these isolated stories. You know, we we've gotten this. You know, Marvel has been doing it so well, and to see DC trying to follow suit with their DCEU, like, I think at this point, moviegoers and nerds are like, we have this fatigue, almost, and, like, newcomers coming in, it's like, there's a barrier of entry to the MCU, like, you need to watch 20-something movies in order to catch up, so it's a lot, so having those... And, like, even the shows now, like, everything that we're getting is all tied in. And for you to get the full scope of it all, like, you really need to watch it all. So having DC kind of pigeonholed, well, not pigeonholed, but carve out this niche of one-shot stories that don't mess up anything else, I think it's to their benefit. It's so good for it to just be a thing that you can sit down and enjoy. Exactly. Like, when they... To me, it was a kind of a cop out, but like that's just me and my beef with the suits. But I I like it in the sense that like this is why when it comes when we're talking about the books, I liked um, and I always say this the Ultimate Universe before they destroyed it and story wise they destroyed the Ultimate Universe. But I always liked the Ultimate Universe because of how serious and grounded it was and relatively yeah. grounded because it's a fictional universe. Then they destroy it. The reason I like DC is because of its. They stick with the writers, and then they have something called Black Label, which is their ultimate universe. And now with the movies, we have their DCEU, which is kind of like bleeding out. Like you got the Joker, which is not part of the DCEU. It's its own thing under the DC label. But to me, it's like their Black Label. And the Batman yeah. also is the same thing. It's just a... Mm-hmm spill off of that it's a, contain, it's a self-contained story exactly so you don't need to watch man of steel bat B, batman versus superman and all that so yeah yeah uh, which is I think, I, all in all these one-off contained stories just feel like they're coming at a good point right facts. so moving on to another contained story yes but on the other side of the boat The Book of Boba Fett. I like that. So, I've literally just started watching it today. Yes, I (laughs) finished episode three, so I'm only one. 
I'm this week's episode behind. I didn't watch this week. Okay. So we can we can talk about stuff and tell the audience yeah. no spoilers or some spoilers. So no maybe. spoilers. I'm liking it a lot. And you know what? Like episode three, I feel like it got some flack from critics and um but it what, got what memed. Yeah, because like there's certain things I didn't like about it. Real I I thought it was fine. Like no problems. I don't I think because I so I I enjoyed one. Danny Trejo. A, Danny Trejo. Well, no, he's, awesome. No, he's cool. Like that. Like that's not like my issue. It was, and this is just the the film nerd in me, and like it's just little. Okay. And it's nitpicking. So the story to me is fine. Um, and I was talking to one of my colleagues at work where one of the reasons, like I think it was a an editorial thing where the flash, like they're trying to do like an arrow thing where they show flashbacks and then you yeah. pair with the present, which I was like. If you try, if you just do the flashbacks, it's great in itself. And then when you do like the present day stuff, it's a little more slow burn. And mm-hmm. and yeah, a lot of people are definitely comparing this to Mandalorian. But then I didn't see. Yeah. I like I, I do compare it to compare it like in my brain. But I say to myself like Mandalorian is a western, and then Book of Boba was a slow western. But then one of my 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 managers at work who loves Star Wars as well, he said. Honestly, it seems more like Godfather-esque. And I was like, oh, it is it yep. seems more mafia. And I was like, okay, it's not a slow burn western, it's a mafia thing. And I, but that's not what bothered me. Was like, okay, I enjoyed episode one. I really liked episode two for its action mm-hmm. and everything. Episode three was it was okay to me. I just didn't like some of the sequences. And especially it just seems like it took me away. Like uh they're the, the characters with the bikers, the colored Vespas. Yeah. So to me, it's just some of the shots were just weird to me. Um, yeah. Oh, and they were these this group of uh, delinquents are so poor that they had to steal water, but they look they stand out. They look very rich in the way they clothes. I think it's just like I said, this is just the the film nerd in me. Yeah. That I'm just like, oh, it took me away for a second. I was like, why do they have nice stuff and they can augment their bodies, but it just doesn't make sense to the story. But I guess so they're just- I. But go ahead. So I've made I've made it up to three. So I've seen one, two, and three. Yes, I'm not talking um, about four. Yeah. So I immediately, obviously, it, it's going to draw some comparisons to Mandalorian, just because it it's that. the same studio and everything. Big Daddy Johnny Favreau is is doing it. So I'm just like, I think in, when comparing it to the Mandalorian, um, I I thought of oh, this is a mafia movie. Like it's it's very much so like. When I was watching it, I was like, no, this isn't a Western like Mando. Like, this is a mafia movie. Like, this is the early Godfather. Like, this is it. Like, he's building up his crime family. So that's how I've been looking at it this entire time. Um, But where I compare it is the story and the production value, which I think are both there. Right? The production value is right up there with Mandalorian. They're not holding anything back. Nothing's watered down. I think – Everything looks fantastic, even down to the aliens that they've already shown and had. Um, oh, those are great, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, the mix of practical effects are really good, you know, with some of the droids, um, as well as some of the, like, bigger animals. I, I, I think they're they're killing it there. The I will say that the flashbacks I like, and I like them as that plot device, right, to kind of bridge the gap between... Like him getting out of, yeah, him coming out of the Sarlacc pit to him getting, you know, um, 
finding the Mandalorian. So it's got to be close to closing that up because, you know, we are now halfway point, right? It's eight episodes season. Mm -hmm. We're at episode four just dropped. So I think this is a perfect time to to review it and then do some predictions. So it's got to be closing up because in episode three, you get that flashback where he's in town and you see the, um, what's her name? Amy Sedaris. No, not only that, but you see in the background, you know, the the lady with the crazy hair and her droids where they're going to to Mando's ship. Oh, I didn't peep that. Wow. I got to see that again. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's in episode three, I believe. So it's happening almost simultaneously as stuff from like season one. So we're close. So it's really close together. So and, it has and you'll this- see it in next episode too. Like, there's a lot of things that they're like, oh, like, and when it comes to the flashbacks, it's getting closer. And then, as like now, just still not with the nerdy stuff, but when it comes to the film part of it, it's like, mm-hmm. or the story part, um, they can't like lean on flashbacks too much because then now it's yeah. like the flashbacks are kind of carrying the weight of this show right now. And that's I, that's my opinion, but I, I don't know if you would agree, but um. Because, yeah, they're, they're like for episode four, not to say I was sitting there and I'm like, whoa, I'm still in a flashback. I was like, OK, because I think they're trying so, to catch up. So to, that's something yeah. I must say, like I found myself falling into also like mm-hmm. it'd be like almost you. F- well, you feel like it's the whole episode. You're in a flashback and then they bring it back and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like it, it's it's a little jarring sometimes. You know, I don't think that they like I get how they're doing it it's it's him having these dreams again but i think it's a little bit of a cop-out with Mm -hmm. this whole dream thing um they still i mean i'm only on episode three they still haven't explained why he needs to be in the back to tank every night Um, oh well i i already knew since episode one but i guess when you finish when you see season four i mean well season four episode four they'll say it again but i don't think they ever say it I had my idea of what it was mm-hmm. in episode four. You, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, it does, unless he gets like really hurt. Because think about it, like you know I'm going to tell you, because it's like I just thought this was my initial thought. In I guess, yeah. One, go ahead, go for um, it. Because of his scars, even in Mandalorian, I was like his scar. Like when when you see him in the in the tank, he's not as hurt yeah. as he was in his flashbacks. Like those yeah, scars he got them. from the from the uh, yeah. from the pit, so yeah. that that's what it's for. But to me, that's so weird because he survived so long without that. Because think about it: when he escapes the Sarlacc pit, and then he has you know his extended period. Of, we don't know how long it was, but he has this extended period of time in the desert with um the Tuscan Raiders, like. Yeah. It, he's scarred up. It, it's not slowing him down. Like there's it's nothing... not slowing him down. Like I think at one point I thought it was, but then I remember I've made that that thought process too. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, he he's fighting pretty good. But then I don't know if it's like I it's like, the only... or like getting into the nitty yeah. gritty of the science of it. Like why is he doing? Is it an appearance thing or I don't know? Yeah. So the only thing I could think of is maybe it's an appearance thing so that he can look strong in front of others, um, or maybe it brings him to like peak performance you know you know maybe i think it's like I, 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 charged I like, at 100 instead I of like, 85 i like what you said before it makes a lot more sense to, with the recharge battery because it's like instead of looking sick and weak why not look strong yeah. i think because that is the point of this mafia show it's for him yeah. to look 
brolic image. in front of everyone. Yeah, he want, he, it's, an, it's an image thing. And I think it's done purposefully. Um, but as a as a, a plot device to tell me the flashback, well, I guess. I, do I like, feel like it's just, it's weak. Oh, yeah, you know, like I it's agree. Not- I agree. But I'm enjoying the story. I just think it's weak. Because it's like, I like with Mandalorian, and not, and not to compare it, because Mandalorian is it's, it's a new character, so I can get lost mm-hmm. in the show. But then when I'm in and Boba Fett, I'm snapped back to the present, and I'm like, okay, we're, I'm I'm back on my couch. I'm not in the show anymore. And then we have to like kind of bring me back in. And then there's certain things, like even like my own personal opinion with Episode Three, with those colored vegetables and these these delinquents in nice suits. I was like, why is this? This doesn't make sense. They're poor. Why are they not? So let me think. So, yeah, I just think that, you know, I when it when it comes to him leaving the back of the tank and being us, the viewer being brought back to present time, it's just too jarring sometimes. And it, it, it breaks your immersion. And then you have to, like, recalibrate and come back. Um The only time that I think it was good and it was because it was action packed was when I guess it was this pat in episode three where um the Wookiee uh soldier comes in and breaks him out of the thing. Oh Chrysant Chrysantinin. Yeah. <laughs> I his name. But I even thought that I didn't think was great because Really? I thought it was really cool. Like I thought so and like I said, I there's little things that pulled me out of it. And mm-hmm. like one of my colleagues at work said it's you know it's also a Disney show. They're not gonna get too in the nitty-gritty of it. So like first off a Wookiee is strong as hell. So like mm-hmm. when he was squeezing, I was just like in the in the reality of Star Wars, I know it's fictional, but it's like we know Wookiees are really strong. They can dismember body parts from yeah. you know humanoids. So when he was squeezing Boba, I was like, for a long time too, like we're watching him. I was like, why didn't he pass out yet? And then he falls to the floor. And I'm like, okay. So and then he gets well. From the floor. There's little things that I was like, but I, my things with the delinquents too, their their cybernetics were just like a little weird. So, I was like, mm. I, I'm gonna get to the delinquents in a second. With this yeah. scene, I I liked the fighting scene between him and Boba because yes, you know, Wookiees are super strong, and when he was given in the bear hug, you see Boba starting to fade, and then uh, one of the delinquents comes in the the female and she stabs the Wookiee in the leg, makes him let go. But I think that's a testament to Boba Fett being highly skilled and trained as this Mandalorian soldier because he can take all that. You know what I mean? Like he's so strong that he can contend with the Wookiee. The Wookiee was going to kill him. Like let's remember that. He just can hold his weight a little bit longer than a normal normal. person. Okay. Yes. So so there's that. the whole delinquents thing, right? So the only besides the Vespas, and I'll get to the Vespas in a moment, besides the Vespas, the one thing that I was like, that's weird, was I don't know if you remember in this in the car chase sequence. Yep, I, I one think of I know them, what you want to say. The foot thing. Yeah. It's so, so dumb. So for those listening, there's a car chase scene. Uh, one of these like ragtag gang members comes up alongside the car and goes to kick it. And their foot is like a hydraulic press. And it just like is like a robot foot. And it goes like doof, 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 and it hits it and retracts. But it was such an unnecessary thing. Doing anything. 
Like, and that's it, the one time where it broke me of like, oh, this is like fake because yeah. all the other ones, not only did they have a purpose, but they seemed legitimate in that universe. So the guy's eye, when the, the guy's hand like flipped mm-hmm. open and it's like a, a welding torch, like yeah. everything up until that point, I was like, okay, these are these are these could be scrappers, right? We've seen scrappers before in the Star Wars universe that just taken an extra step. One of them is able to mod themselves, like, and they mod each other. So yeah. that's not impossible. I think that lives very well in the Star Wars universe. Um, they are like you know, they're supposed to be these like badass gang members. They're stealing stuff. So maybe I can forgive the clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I can't forgive is the candy painted Vespas, you know, and I was trying and I had seen the memes before seeing the, the, that looks like Power Rangers. Yeah. They look like Power Rangers or it looks like even that scene of, that was um, shot. It looked like very SPD. I was like, why are they doing this? Yeah. And I was like, while I'm watching, you know, I couldn't help but focus on it. And I was really trying to watch it objectively. And I even was like trying to make up reasons as to how it could be like this. So I went back to episode two, Attack of the Clones, right? You know, Obi-Wan, Anakin, they're in that big neon city. Everything's kind of colorful, but dark at the same time. I was like, you know what? Maybe they could have got themselves like something from like the big metro area and they're able to keep it up. And then I'm thinking, wait. These are supposed to be like urchins, and I was like, "That and it's remember, it's not during the prequels. It's it has to be after the the sequel era." Well, it's after the sequel era, right? But well, no, it's before the sequels, after the the originals. It's no, no, in no. Between. Oh, uh, when I I don't I don't count the new ones that we. I'm talking when I say sequels, okay. I mean the original three. Original, okay, yes, yeah, So it's yes, it's after. after Yes, it's after the original trilogy. So technically speaking, though that technology would still be available. You know, it's it's it just would the be, big not city. As colorful, not as it's just beautiful. the big city version of it. But yeah, seeing them like that, it just didn't fit their characters. Like now, I could see, or it didn't fit the world. I should say, I could see if they had the same thing. Oh, in and a more planet. muted, in a different planet, or okay. have the same exact. The same exact vehicles and the same exact modifications and clothes, if their vehicles looked a little more grungier, like the paint jobs and stuff, like I get it because it's trying to mimic the motorcycle gang aesthetic of like when you see motorcycle gangs, like typically their bikes are their babies, right? So they take Mm -hmm. care of it very, very well. It just seems like in this world filled with beige. Yeah, yeah. Everything is beige. These colors are so bright. Yeah. And they're not just colors. Like they're not like Boba Fett's um matted. Yeah. It's green. not like that. He's they're not bright. Shiny and glittery. They are candy painted Lossy. like low riders on the West Coast. Like yeah. so it's it's jarring to the eyes. And I found myself trying to make excuses for it. And I was just I, like, you know, I couldn't. It's just, I, I just unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah, like one. I was like, I, told me, yeah. The vehicles made sense. Everything made sense except for the color. Yeah, you know, and, and I can understand them stealing me. the water because the guy was overcharging it. You know, they're into self modification. Yeah. You know, one of them could be <clears> super <throat> smart. So all those things to me made sense. 
The mm-hmm. one thing I couldn't get past was those colors because it just it didn't fit that world. Yeah, like uh, so, like yeah, my manager was telling me, uh, and and it's also and this was a, a directorial decision, which I, I understand. Of, this was a nod, and I get I understand nods. Nods are cool. Easter eggs are cool. But this was a nod to uh, a real life uh, Vespa group in in the UK. But I was like, where does this take? Why would you nod this into a Star Wars world where it's all a nice tannish brownish air, uh, you know, planet? Why would we? Why would you do that's that? That's a dumb of, nod. It's a dumb nod. Like you could have done it in a. And that's another thing. This 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 entire story, the book of Boba, is going to take place in Tatooine. You can't just be bringing these types of colors unless. Some guy was selling it, and like there has to be some sort of story. Like, where did they get these bikes? Why is it so nice? Yeah, because it doesn't. Now there's sandstorms all the time. Yeah, like it doesn't make sense. Like, how could they have put that together? Like, I like if if you if they would have made those bikes be like souped up, but like modded and like kind of like pieces, kind of like themselves. Yeah, would make so much more sense. Oh yeah, the fact exactly. that they were so crisp and clean and colorful and bright—it was just too much. Yeah. And you know the nod, and they must have thought about it. Like it's Back to the Future, you know, it's Back to the Future too. I don't know if you've got you got that, but that entire chase sequence is a nod to Back to the Future. Well, one, two, and three because they have the same chase sequence in each movie, but uh-huh. te- but specifically Back to oh, the wow. Future two, when Biff's gang they're all cyborgs on these colorful hoverboards yeah. chasing down Marty McFly. I mean, I, now that you say it out loud, yeah, I've... it's it's that scene, and then at the end, the car that they're chasing does the same thing that Back to the Future 1, uh, Biff's car does when he skids oh, out yeah. into the manure truck. Yeah. And it's the same thing, except this time around, it's like, it's fruit. That is yeah. the first thing I thought of, you know? Wow. And I was like, oh, that that sequence, that's a good nod. Because that in itself, you have to know that movie pretty well to pick that out. Yeah. But the colors being weird, that weird foot kick like that would have been a perfect use when he was finding the Wookiee because then it's yes. like okay he stops his foot and then the it just extends and gives him a, a nice that would have mm-hmm. been a, but doing this little tap on the car that it wasn't it wasn't strong enough to move a moving car or a moving uh vehicle um, it was like I'm assuming we're gonna see more of them and these modifications are gonna be a better yeah they're gonna like have a better use yeah but it, this this first run like introduced because I think this group had a very good um, idea intro? behind it. Okay. I I think it was a very good. No, I think it was a terrible intro. But I think mm. it was a good idea. Like this oh, group. Yeah. It, okay. You know, they're a gang that lives in the crappy part of Tatooine, right? Run by these slum lords, and they don't have anywhere out. And all they can do is, you know, their hobby, right, is yeah. to modify themselves and their bikes. But their bikes look they're, like they're store bought from a candy shop. Like it, 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 they look like toys, and it just yeah. wasn't. It didn't fit them, the world, the whole instance, and that killed it, you know. And that guy with that kick, it was so immersion breaking, and it was very intentional too. Like the camera was focused yeah. on it. Like what was the point? I was of just it? like. I was like, why? Like, you didn't need to to make this a part of the of the show. It was like yeah. it was unnecessary. If it would have came out like you said when in that fight, 
that's a that's a crazy move to pull out in a fight. That makes you way more formidable against this big Wookiee. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you do it then? Now yeah, that was, we're talking about it, the Wookiee fight was okay because I'm like, now that they are Wookiee and he's a bounty hunter, he's supposed to be badass. So that makes sense why yeah. he was able to stand up against these kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah, think about it. Like, they're not trained assassins. They just yeah. have a gun and a knife. And, you know, the only one that's trained – well, the only two, I guess, but she wasn't in the scene till later. Um, oh. Uh, Boba Fett Fennec. and and Fennec. So, yeah. you know, Boba Fett held his own while he's half naked, you know, and then the kids come in and, and just, you know, kind of get the Wookiee off balance and then Fennec comes in and, and finishes it off. But yeah. I'm just – it well, was I, the weakest of the three, I will say. Yeah. But I did not I, – I still thought that the story flow and everything was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that the flashbacks – like coming back from the flashbacks weren't so jarring. Like I get that they need like a little MacGuffin thing to like be like, oh, this is why he's seeing this. But – yeah, I don't know. It, just... it happens every time he's in the tank, so I'm like, okay, like yeah. that to me is a nice little like uh, catalyst to bring me back, but it's still jarring because you spend so much time. Because like and when that, I think yeah. about it, like when you go back to when you go back to the show Arrow, it's not like one big flashback then the present. It's intercut with like after the yeah. commercials, you either come back to the present or go back to the flashback, or you do an entire episode that's in the in the in the past. Yeah. That's what the show did. I think that but, they would have yeah. done better. Like that, and Agreed. because but it makes their having, presence look a little weak, though. Yeah, and having that's the thing: having three quarters of the episode take place in the flashback, and then you know you're so invested in those stories because they're good as well. When you come back into the present, it's almost like all right, you don't spend enough time in the present for it to be impactful. So I'm hoping in this second half, like they kind of you know, taper out from the flashbacks and then the present day takes control yeah. of, of the episodes. I'm hoping for that too. I'm definitely hoping for that. Like I'll tell you now, like seeing episode four today, I liked it. I don't have any complaints now that th- I, I think about it. I have to probably watch a review just to get some other insight, but episode four was good. One of the, what I'll say also the common theme between uh, episode one and three is that it's directed by Robert Rodriguez. And yeah. people are like saying like he's not a, like I think he's a, a comp, like he's not like for me he's not some sort of like uh, Alfonso Cuarón director but like he mm-hmm. he's competent and I mean he he's, yeah job. he's yeah um, he did that episode in Mandalorian which I enjoyed because Boba Fett was badass in that mm-hmm. um, but yeah which that, one that did he do in Mando was with Boba Fett when um, oh with Boba Fett okay. When I think when Boba Fett actually makes his appearance and mm-hmm. helps Mando get uh, Grogu back or try to get yeah. Grogu, so that was a good gotcha. one. Yeah, yeah cool. I, this 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 series now that you're like semi up to date, it's I enjoy it. I'm not gonna stop it. It's Star Wars. Honestly, this is just palate cleanser for Obi Wan. That's all I'm waiting for. Yep. The only reason Ooh. I got into Disney Plus is Obi Wan. That's Oof. boy. I can't wait. I was thinking about it as I was watching Boba Fett. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, because there's a there's a portion. Um, I think it, it's in one of the flashbacks in episode two, I think, or one. I don't remember. It's when that gang like um, ransacks that people's house, yeah, and then sprays paints on it, and then later on they ransack you know the camp. Um, yeah. 
so I saw that. I was like, wait, is that is that Luke's Luke's uncle and aunt's house? Like, is that that? And I was like, no, it can't be because it takes place after all this stuff. So, and then from then on, I was like, oh, I can't wait for Obi Wan because, like, we have to get some sort of nod, right? At some point, like, we they're not gonna let us go into this like, like untouched like i need some like at the end yeah, of it's going back to we're going back in time we're going back yeah. after the prequels so at the like at the end like I, I don't know i need something that like boba's gonna be like oh i haven't seen him since this or i wonder what happened here or i don't know like yeah i want something to nod to it yeah or you know even, what i do want to give me an after credit scene at the end of the series if they do an that after credit, it's most likely going to be an Ahsoka thing. But then I don't know what they. Well, when you see episode four, and then we have our like theories. They don't like just a me and you conversation. We have our theories because like when I think of they, they would have to make sense to do an after credit scene with like an Ahsoka or um, another because Ahsoka takes place in that time as well. It's after the yeah. the the Empire falls. Like after I, I'm gonna watch Clone Wars, the last season of Clone Wars again, and then watch Obi Wan because I'm just like I, 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 I got. You have do it. to do it that way. And then watch. That's the best three, way to do it. Just, I gotta do it. <laughs> I can't wait to write. The I Mace can't wait. And so I'm gonna write Mace. I'm gonna be the one writing Mace Windu. I'm saying now. What if you know what I think? And I'm gonna call it here. This is Justin's crazy prediction for Star Wars. I'll right? Put on the hats, Did it. Guys. We we did it all through Spider Verse. I mean, um, Spider Man Three: No Way Home. So Justin. now we're gonna get into the Justiverse in Star Wars. So I think the best way to bring Mace Windu back, which and we had this discussion, but we'll do it again. I guess technically could happen, but he'd have to die. Like we'd have to watch him die later yeah, on. Yeah, didn't we say the but, ghost? Yes, but I think mm-hmm. in a real because he's a ghost in the last sequel movie. That no, no garbage. one cares about that. We're not talking about that though. That one. So he's a ghost because he talks to Ray. But anyway, what if he showed up in Ahsoka in that show? I could totally see him showing up in oh, Ahsoka. Yeah, they, they definitely know each other, but it yeah. has to be Samuel Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be Nick like, Fury. Like maybe like she's she stumbles upon a figure or someone who's running something and it ends up being him and you know he's not completely dead maybe he's got to be disfigured but then at the end of whatever arc it is he has to die like he would there's no way for him to continue to live on like he would have to die but I could see him showing up in the Ahsoka show well, then yeah it's still like if he shows up in the Ahsoka he's he's old as hell like this is after yeah. the original trilogy like. He fell out the window. What was he doing this whole time? But uh. exactly, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't write because that. I would then, write. I want to write the Finn and the Finn and Mace show, and it would be a buddy cop so, movie. <laughs> he would be well. He would be a, a ghost, I guess. I was just like, yeah, he would be saying. even be older. No, no. But, I, want, um, I want a ghost following Finn, and it'll just be like, and I'll have a nice like '90s sitcom opening. It's like Finn and Mace doing their thing, playing with the Force, and some weird <laughs> stuff. And that would be my show. And it, it just, I think George Lucas would probably hate me. <laughs> I think Ahsoka could find Mace. He's old. He's definitely blind because of the would, lightning he took to the face. Like, uh, Yoda thing when Luke found him. So, yeah. he dies 
at some point or yep. in that movie. Yeah, he would have to he would have to be a Yoda type deal and maybe he helps Ahsoka train further. You know, the Jedi are gone. Mace has nothing to stand on anymore. Ahsoka was the last, you know, real Jedi that was trained um before Anakin moved on and then now she's kind of like left the Jedi behind. But yeah, she's such, I could see uh, her stumbling into Mace. He can mentor her a little bit, then he dies. And then, you know, that's a perfect way to be like, hey, you know, here's an after credit scene of Mace when he was younger and what he was doing this entire time before you saw him. And boom, another show. You're welcome, Disney. Right there. It's just, it tees it up. It tees it right up because then you could be like, as soon as you see him, everyone's going to be like, he's alive. Like, what has he been doing? And then immediately, so that's we, a we new show. So scene from uh, the prequel of him falling out the window. Um, but then it's that would be a that's little bit That's the trailer. Difficult. That's the trailer right there. That, that right there that's is the, the trailer. trailer like, for their what? for their new show. <laughs> it's he falls off and then he ends up like hitting into like a cargo ship or something because you know all the the ships yeah. like be flying in the air. He falls on a cargo ship and he goes away somewhere. That the only thing is this would have to be I would love to see it in like Clone Wars animated because Sam Jackson would be too old. Yeah, for sure. Um, yes. It, it can't it can't be um I would love if they can do some de-aging, but the de-aging technology, it's it could be noticeable. Like you can do a good job, but it can be noticeable. In long stretches, it's really hard to pull off. The only time I've seen it where it's not jarring is in Rogue One with General Tarkin. Oof, that was the, the one of the most perfect things I've ever seen. A- anything was- else, I've always been like, ah, like you, you could tell. That Even is the, the Rogue Princess One Leia one. Leia was like, you can see it, one. but Tarkin was really good. Yeah, that was the only one where I was like, "Nah, that's perfect." Like they did that. In short bursts, it's fine, but we can't rely on that for an entire thing. It has to be. I animated. think the best. Like, has to be like the Clone best Wars. way to go is Clone Wars animated. Maybe. Uh, yeah, Clone Wars well, animated. Clone Wars, the thing about it, you you saw season seven. That the production yeah. value on Clone Wars was really so good. good. So like you, I mean, like you can. To, it's a stark contrast from the the, the first like the last six season. seasons to that. Yeah. No, even the last season, like because from season one saying. to six, you can see the gradual, but from season seven to six, it's like it's definitely improved. Then That's you got Bad saying. Batch. Yeah. I still haven't seen Bad Batch. I need to watch. Oh, you're missing out, boy. It's good. <laughs> it's so good. Like you got. Uh, oh damn! But you didn't even watch. This. You didn't even watch the show. That's what I'm saying. Uh, rebels, because uh, this guy came oh, in this, and uh, everything connects to Ahsoka and everything. Oh, I hate That's so what I'm much. hearing. I hate you so much. I'm saying this on the air. I hate you so much. <sighs> oh, rebels! You don't you don't love watching super Disney kitty versions of things. <laughs> Next, you're gonna be like, "Oh, Justin, you gotta watch Star Wars Resistance. It's amazing." No, it oh no, I don't want to, dude. If I'm not watching it now, why would I tell you to watch that? First, that's part of the the new franchise. That's why I'm not like, eh. The Rebels. BB eats in it. You gotta watch it. Is he really? Why is he? Oh uh, yeah, it? I think so. I don't know. That's weird. I mean, anyway. he lived a whole life before, like we saw him. He was a droid forever with Poe. Oh, I guess I thought resistance. Oh, apparently Poe Dameron is supposed to be getting like a thing too. I I was, I saw there's like rumors that he's gonna get a movie or something. Well, probably after the Rogue Squadron uh, gets made, 
or I think yeah. the Rogue, Rogue Squadron, but there's still a, movie, a Star Wars movie. Well, Patty Jenkins was tied to it, and I think she decided not to be a part of it. I forget what the reason was. I have to look back into it to just correct my uh, facts. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot, but I don't care. I'm just all we care about is uh, Obi Wan. That's it, and then a possible main so, window that I'm writing. Boba Fett. Let's wrap this up here. Boba Fett. Pretty good so far. There's definitely some room for improvement. I I'd yes. give it, I I give it like two and three quarter thumbs. I mean one and three quarter thumbs. Yes. So it's not perfect. There are some room for improvements, but I think it's going in the right direction, and I hope it it keeps getting better. Oh, and I'll say that now, don't compare it to Mandalorian. It is its own no. genre. It is very much a mafia type show movie, like. It's way more akin to Sopranos than it is to the Western. Like, there we go. Yep. It's a crime family movie, and it's the beginnings of the crime family. What is it? Godfather Three, I think. And it's it's growing. You know, it's yeah. not the height of you know the 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 mob family. Like you know, it's a growing mob, and you see it as he's like picking up Going new people and stuff. Yeah. So enjoy it for that. You cannot compare it to Mandalorian because it is not the same type of show. But moving into something else that is a whole bag of stuff. This is like quite possibly some like ridiculous um, news. Like I've never. Yeah, stocks went up after this. Xbox and Microsoft have acquired Activision Studios. Activision. So Activision, for those that don't know. It's like one of the biggest um, gaming like companies. I mean, I think it is the biggest. Yeah, um, got, there's a lot of properties that they have. They have so it's Activision Blizzard that they acquired. Yeah. So That's Blizzard being Overwatch, Activision being things like Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Like, so now, so Microsoft now has. Here are some of the top franchises because I had this. Um, pulled up. Oh yeah, I saw Microsoft, even Crash. Crash was under it, which yeah, was surprising. Crash Bandicoot, Overwatch, all of the Call of Duty, uh, all of the Call of Duty studios. So I believe it was Treyarch, Infinity Ward, Raven, Warhammer. Let me pull it up. But they have a ridiculous amount of IPs and studios now in in their pocket. So now Xbox is a super powerhouse for exclusives. I mean, they've been racking it up for a while now. Yeah. Um, I think like quiet, quietly behind closed doors. Um, they've just been acquiring things so that they can really take over. And I think they finally dealt the death blow. Like this is such a ma- oh, massive another, get for them. Another thing that I thought was because to me, Crash and Spyro were, were PlayStation to me. But it's because it's under the Activision belt. They got that too. Yeah. yeah. So it was PlayStation, but now it's not. It's under, it was under Activision. So now all those exclusives and IPs belong to Microsoft. So I know Sony released a statement saying that they believe that Microsoft will play nice and still keep the multi platform, but they don't have to. They could they just don't have to. say, they could just be like, hey, if you want to play Call of Duty, you need an Xbox. Done. Yeah. Sony stocks plummeted oh, yeah. after 
after the um the news broke of the deal. And yeah, right here, they lost twenty billion dollars after the Xbox uh Activision Blizzard announcement. So this is it's shaking up the games uh industry because there has been an acquisition like this, I don't think ever. So Jay, does this mean like are you gonna go and pick up an Xbox now? Uh, not necessarily, no. So <laughs> this is kind of like a tangent, but like for a couple of weeks now, I've been fighting with myself whether to get a PS5 now or wait. Um, what's what make what's making me want to get it more is because Horizon, uh, the next Horizon game drops next month. Um, mm-hmm. And it might be my last system because I'm like, I haven't really been playing my PS4 like that until recently. Yeah. Um, but this this acquisition is dope. Uh, I I hope for the best for Xbox. I have no hate towards it. I just don't have an Xbox. This I'm not playing anything specific. Um, mm-hmm. But Xbox definitely needed this because for the longest time, they didn't have original or like exclusive IPs. Um, like I like I always yeah. complained initially when they had Bioshock. PlayStation didn't have that. Bioshock was very popular. Then they had Mask Effect. Then it became multi-platform. I'm like, you guys keep, you. I was like, you Xbox is not holding these popular properties. I don't know why that happened. There could be money involved where they just like weren't making enough money, so they decided to. I just think that their um those contracts didn't last that long. Yeah, that's like, what I'm like, exclusivity. For, like, like they just yeah. didn't. And Xbox has been holding their own, but it's like, how are you going to hold your own for with just Halo, Gears, and Forza for so long? That's just yeah, you can't. So Gears, like, I mean, Forza is such a niche audience. Oh yeah, Gears I, is like pretty much dead. I know that they're going to reboot yeah. it now, but um, the only thing I guess is um, Halo, but not- Halo, Halo was a pretty big one, but and Halo, you know, had. Fable was That's a the thing, thing. Like, and it dropped. Yep. And they were focused on games that just didn't like I remember and I remember telling you this once before. I remember getting an Xbox One because they announced an exclusive game where you can play with dragons. And I'm always gonna say Scalebound. It was fire. Mm-hmm. You you would have been the rider of dragons, the mother of three dragons, whatever the the Khaleesi, whatever the nicknames were. And it just scrapped it to make yep. A pirate game that doesn't seem to me, my personal opinion, doesn't look like I want to play it. I wanted to be a, a I want to play with my humanoid character and a dragon. But no. it was one of those things where um, you're talking about Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, sea of Thieves, like that's what it was. It didn't set the world on fire, and then it it found its audience, and then it grew, and it was a pretty big deal. But then it, it you know. It, it went away. It didn't have, in my eyes at least, I mean, I'm sure it still has a very dedicated fan base, but it it doesn't have the legs to continue in the public eye. Yeah. You know, it's, you, you know, got to be a real big fan of that to keep it yeah. going. Going back to your statement about um, Sony believes that they'll play nice, but like, let's say they do. Xbox is always going to make money, or, or Microsoft rather, because things are now starting to look like... Uh, multi cross cross platforming so let's say call of duty 2021 comes out or you know i say 2021 2022 comes out comes out for xbox comes out for ps4 oh i still get to play with my friends that have a ps4 and or an xbox but who's still making that money it's definitely yeah. gonna be microsoft so they're definitely gonna i can see them playing nice with stuff like that 
Um, I can see them being douches about not letting PlayStation have Spyro or Crash. But there are games that like, what if uh, Diablo? They're like, nah, nah, nah. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be Xbox. There's not gonna be for, and you have to have an Xbox if you want to play Diablo. It's, it's gonna be like that. They get to pick. It's gonna be like want. that, dude. Listen to some of the studios that they have now: three, four, three, Obsidian, oh, yeah. Playground Games, uh, the Coalition, Turn Ten, Rare, Double Fine, um, Ninja Theory, Compulsion, Undead Labs, World Edge, Bethesda. Bethesda yeah. is now an Xbox studio. Id Software, Hitman, that's now Xbox. Arcane yeah. Studios, Le- uh, what is that? That's League of Legends, I think, right? I believe so. No, that's not. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, uh, that's not. That's not, Arcane is something else. Machine Games, Roundhouse Games, Tango Gameworks, um, Zenimax Online. Then they have Activision Blizzard. They have Blizzard Entertainment. That's Overwatch. That's World of Warcraft. They have King, which is Candy Crush. That big mobile game giant infinity ward triarch those two are um call of duty call of duty studios toys for bob that's the new crash studio demonware high moon Beanox. Beanox is another um call of duty studio they have everything they have everything now it's to the point where it's like what like like what are they gonna possibly contend with because if you know it's one of those things like a business standpoint right xbox could just be like nah you need us now and they they would be literally do that and they wouldn't be like they wouldn't be wrong for doing that that's a business decision and honestly i saw this and i was like you know i've been a playstation guy i didn't have ps3 so i started out i had everything back in the day right and then it pared down i got playstation 2 i didn't get the original xbox then i got xbox 360 i didn't get ps3 then i got then i got ps4 didn't get the uh xbox one now i'm in that space where i saw this happen and i was like i've already been looking at xbox for a while now and it's been in my radar of like i think i want that but now this kind of solidifies it. The only thing tying me to PS5 um, is Spider-Man. Like that's Ooh. the only thing that I would care about to I own a PS5 for. I want to my place. And and you know and that's the thing, right? Like, do I like I can't justify getting a game console for one exclusive? Like, oh yeah, and that's the that was what I was going through too for a couple of weeks. I was just like the only games that I wanted if I because look. I didn't see myself getting a PS5 for a long time or ever, but then I was like, "Oh man, like Horizon is dropping that, which will come out for PS4, but the Ooh, it's gonna blow up Horizon, my PS4. yeah, um, Horizon, Spider-Man, and God of War. Those are like the three things that is just off the top of my head. Yeah, obviously there are gonna be other games Those that three are that solid. There are gonna be other games that come out that I'm gonna want. Um, there's gonna be a sequel to Ghost of Tsushima, which like I'm there. There's gonna be some stuff. But, like, the thing is, the way I play, I used to play with my friends online, but I don't do that anymore. So I'm not, like, waiting to come mm-hmm. home from work to play online. So I don't see myself needing an Xbox because, like, if my friends got Xbox, I'm probably not going to get on because I'm not going to play. I would probably play Halo once, and then that's it. Um, for a long time, my PlayStation 4 was just my streaming service, but now I got an Apple yep. TV. So that's now my, my PS4 is off. The only game I'm playing now is Tales of Arise. Probably after that, I'm gonna try to go finish some old games I never got to, you know, finish because I downloaded a lot of free games. And, and see, that was my I'm thing. With, 
and that was my thing with PlayStation too, right? I my Switch is what I live on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever touch my PS4 anymore. It used to be a streaming thing, and then like the only streaming thing I used it for was HBO Max, and then mm-hmm. LG got the HBO Max oh, app, so I, I didn't need to do it ever. So now I don't touch it. I mean, the last time I turned it on, maybe October. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Maybe and November. I had those, those times too. I doubt November, but like May, like October-ish. And I was playing um, that zombie game, not Last of Us. Um, oh, even Last of Us 3 when that drops. But um, uh, it's not Left 4 Dead. It was like the sequel to Left 4 Dead? Uh, no, it was a zombie game. It was... Um, Dying Light? No, it was... Uh, uh, It was an open world one. Open world game with a motorcycle guy. Why am I forgetting the name? That one. Days gone. Come on, Jay. Days gone. That was free. That was free on. It was free, and I had got. I was. I was going back through my my backlog. Right, I had gone through a couple games, and that was where I left off. I'd never finished it, but yeah, I didn't touch it. Maybe I'll give it November, beginning of November. I haven't touched it since then, you know, and it's, I, I have no real reason to, you know, I, I wanted Spider-Man Miles Morales. I didn't get it. Um, I, I'll get it at some point, but you know, God of War 2, I really want to play Spider-Man 2 when it eventually comes out. I'm really want to play Horizon 2, uh, what was it Forbidden West, right? Yeah. Really want to play like, those are just like but three or then, four games, but then it's like yeah, but that's it. And then you think of I have the full list now. Check this out of all the mm-hmm. major franchises that Xbox has. Call it so. These are just the Activision ones: Call of Duty, Guitar Hero, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro. Oh yeah, and these oh. are just the these are just the heavy hitters. They have yeah. a lot more. Yes, the do. Blizzard franchises, Warcraft, Starcraft. Starcraft to this day is still like the biggest so popular. Yeah, like so the most popular there. game ever made. And they have all those competitions. Some of these are only PC. So it's not even Yeah, that some of these are only PC. It can just be like, oh, this is just Microsoft making money. Yeah. So now so Warcraft, Starcraft, Overwatch, big seller for them. Diablo. Uh we were just talking about that. Oh. Hearth uh Hearth, Hearthstone, another really big one, the uh, interactive card game. Uh, free to play, I believe. Um, Heroes of the Storm, and then, like I said before, they now own Candy Crush. And then you know, it's just those, and those are that's all the the major franchises yeah. that they now have. Like, it's almost impossible because you know they now acquired this, and the Xbox CEO actually. Um, put out a statement saying that they are anxious to revive some old product um properties they're going to put out a guitar hero and when they put that out that's going to be a system seller they're they're going to move a ridiculous amount of units just because of guitar hero that, that, that died and i remember everyone getting that game they come out with a new guitar hero and it looks good and i can get a guitar with it it's a rat. I'm gonna go get an Xbox with Guitar Hero, and they would be stupid 
to let that go multi-plat, uh, multi-platform. Oh yeah, because that's gonna sell. So, then, or like if they do that, it it'd be so petty. They let it go multi-platform, but you could only get the bundle with the guitar with the Xbox. But if you have a PS or PlayStation, whatever it is, you have to buy it separately. Like that's you could get the game, but you have to buy it separately at a at a. That would suck. That You'd have to buy the petty. game and the guitar separately. Just to be petty and no bundle. But it's there's nothing stopping them from doing that. I don't yeah. think that that's a thing. You know, it's like, yeah. To to each his own, really. Like I I speak for myself. Like I'm gonna get a PS5 because like I, I don't play that much. I'm really in it for the story of these single player games. I'm not playing online. Yeah, same. But if you're gonna if you're a multi, definitely go head over to Xbox. If you, oh yeah, if you, you need the money, to be there. both. Because I remember, well, even now I have both. I have my Xbox One and my PS4. Haven't used my Xbox One. I gave it to my sister because she wanted to play. She was like, "Oh, I'm gonna buy. I want to buy a system." I'm like, no, no, just take this because she doesn't play as much either. But I'm like, here's an Xbox One. So, like, if I was, if I had money, I'd probably get both just to have it, just to stunt. But because of yeah, if my, I had money, yeah, for sure, no, no question. Now but at this point online. in my life, I have to get. Either or, I am. I'm not an online person. Like, yeah, online would like, be. Switch I mean, like I said, Switch is like where I where I live online, really. Um, but like PlayStation, like I've always used it for single player experiences. Don't get me wrong; once in a while, I'll get an online game, but it's just those are environments that I I usually live in, right? And for Switch, I was big. Um, Splatoon. I even did Pokemon Unite, uh, mm-hmm. Smash Bros, Mario Kart. Mario Party. Um, it's just so easy and not as hectic. Fortnite. You know yeah. the rules and you can just go in. Like anyone can pop in Mario Kart. Anyone can pop in uh, Super Mario Bros. Like it's been so long since I played Call of Duty. Like I, I was whack back then, but I like probably can do. Oh, okay. I couldn't. I couldn't possibly even think about joining nice. Call of Duty lob. I, I'll lob, play the story. Lobby. I'll play the story. Yeah. It came out free on PS4 like a few months ago, and I was pretty good at playing the story. But I'm not nice to be online. Yeah, and I like those stories. I don't. I never didn't like these games for the stories. It's just multiplayer was always a secondary thing. And now that it's been moved to the primary focus, it's just that's not for me. Like I would play once in a while, but I'm not the type of person where I'm going to play too much or be able to yeah, capitalize like on that. Playing Call like of Fortnite, right? Like I play Fortnite on Switch, and yes, it's it's um cross platform, but that's where I'm comfortable playing. Like I'm not going to move over and play on a different system. Like it's just not for me at this point. I can see that. It's just, you know, it's just, I, I like PlayStation for their stories, horizon, God of war, Spider-Man, like fantastic stories. And you know, there's stories that you can't get anywhere else. So I would love last of us, uh, some final fantasy games. Yeah, and I would love to get yeah, the Final Fantasy remake was fantastic. Last of Us is a great game. And you know, I would love to be able to get both, but you can't always. And the thing with PlayStation which sucks is they are still like don't get me wrong, Xbox is still ha- has low numbers, but you can go into a store and pick up an Xbox. You cannot do that with PlayStation 5 still. Yeah. You cannot. Yeah. And it's so bad that they're going to start making more PS4s to which offset the no demand, sense. which makes no which sense. is it's dumb. So that means you now have to redo these PS5 exclusives because why would anyone else buy a PS4? 
Like that doesn't make any sense. You need the whole drive for getting a PS5 where these new stories that are going to be told. But if you're going to be making more PS4s, those PS4 versions have to be pretty compatible, you know? Like It's just going to make the Xbox, the, the PS4 sing. And if you don't even have a PS4 Pro, because I don't have a Pro. I have the PS5. Yeah, I have the, slim. the OG. And you have the OG? Like, my friend has Well, no, OG. I have, this, I have this, the Slim, the Slim. Oh, you have the Slim. He had the OG. It's a brick. And it's just, every yeah. time he turns it on, and it's singing. And I'm like, and it's not even, like, in a bad ventilated area. I'm like, dude, it, he got a PS5 now, but it's like... You have to be on Twitter to f- hear the drops and then go buy. And like he set me, he set up a Walmart account for me just so I can get those early drops. And I'm like, I'm- and it's like that's so ridiculous to me. It's, if I can't just walk like in that. and buy it, like that to me like that. is a barrier. It's a barrier of entry because if I could go and walk in and buy a console right now, if I had five hundred dollars to spend, mm-hmm. and I went up to the counter and they were like, "Oh, we don't have any PS5s," but Here's a really cool looking Xbox, whatever. I'd be like, all right, give me that. Mm. Like to me, yeah. I'm not a type of person that That's I'm gonna experience. be scouring the internet to figure out how to get one of these things. I just I don't devote my time to stuff like that. So it, you know, it's it's a wild thing that you have to do. Like, don't get me wrong, back in the day, you used to have those crazy lines that you'd have to wait on oh, and yeah. all that, but they it were wasn't there. This bad. It wasn't bad, and and this all that's all due to like uh, COVID as well. Yeah, it, it, a lot has to do because of COVID, and it's not like it's Sony's fault. A lot of and uh, there's you, there's some fingers you can point at, like there, which is crazy. When I learned about bots buying uh, items online, well, they yeah. were buying bulk, and I'm like, dude, like why are people just so they can resell it at a higher price? And it's just like, all right, now you're just being a villain, and <laughs> you're just a villain at this point. And it, it well, yeah. So. Now you're talking about it's just people exploiting the system. Like it's not like you know back in the day when you used to have like a hookup, right? Who would have everything, and you could just go to them. And, and no, now there's a million of those types of people that are resellers. Now it's not the one guy on the block. It's you go online and you find literally a million of them. But because they know that they have a product you want, and because you know, especially gaming and this like nerd culture has been on such a rise the past what decade and a half yeah there's more people that are into this like more than ever exactly so they have the they have the supply you have the demand there's people out it's the same people that are reselling those spider-man tickets for a thousand dollars like and i you know unfortunately they're squeezing people yeah most of these people don't have jobs now that i'm thinking about it because i'm sure they didn't make a living off of this and that's what that's what they're doing and I can't fault them for that, but it's like, it's still. <laughs> I keep using the word villain. It's it's messed up. Like, but it's morally wrong. Money. It's morally wrong, but they need the money because they don't have jobs because of COVID. But I can't blame COVID because this was a thing before COVID as well. Like, yes, COVID has made it worse, but before what the, COVID, the, the, like, what was what was before COVID? I'm talking about like the buying. Uh, environment, right? Oh yeah, when you yeah, try yeah, and yeah. Buy something. yeah. That is definitely like, before COVID. It's oh, it's yeah. existed before COVID, and it these resellers are just you know they're just flagrant with gouging, it. you know. And now it's yeah, now it's you know people are just like you know what this person could do it, so I can do it. You know, who, whatever your situation is, whether you quit your job or maybe this is a side thing that you do, like some people take it to the extreme and they are just gouging people 
you know, and it's not fair because, you know, when something used to drop, you know, there was people that would wait up all night and try and grab two and resell one, right? Fine. Because not everyone would want to wait up all night to go and and go grab it. Now, people will have bots that will purchase 200 of them so that they can resell at triple the amount and they come out sitting pretty, but the regular customer that maybe wouldn't even go online or go to them to find it, right? They just want to go to walmart.com or in-store. They're the ones who are up the creek, right? They have no way of, of getting this thing. And that's not fair. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, um, Xbox acquiring Activision, I think that's going to be the landscape to go to. I think this next generation, the PS5 yeah. versus the what yeah. Xbox Series 16, X5, 321. Whatever the numbers are. Yeah, uh, whatever know, it is. A lot of people are going towards uh, PC gaming, and that's yep, that's like that's the new landscape thing. as well. Like you can you can get some PS5 exclu- or PlayStation exclusives, but you can get all of Microsoft. So PC gaming, which I'm not, my hands are not built for that, um, is the way to go for most people, especially if you can build your computer. Yeah, yeah. and that's the other thing. Like building your computer now more than ever is cheap. It's not cheap. But it's cheaper, cheaper and it's more stuff. accessible. You know, mm-hmm. you watch a couple YouTube videos, you now know how to uh, build a rig. You know, it's it's not something that's that has a really big barrier of entry anymore. It's something that's yeah. accessible. Go to so Newegg. people are building bigger and better PCs every day, and they're better than the consoles that are out here. Oh yeah, all so of it's them. Like oh yeah, I'm gonna get Horizon. Boom. It, and honestly, not to talk, not to say uh, I'm advocating for illegal downloads but like oh yeah it's only on ps5 people will still get their hands on horizon bootlegging never stops so at least with a pc you you're doing your thing yeah man but yeah so moving off of this one let's let's slide into our last topics of and the day it down a bit some real yeah stuff. so So, yeah, these next topics are going to be pretty, not heavy or anything, but real things that everyone should know about. So yes. the first one being uh, people are actually losing money taking COVID tests. So the government has bought tests out so that they can start delivering for free. Not for free. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, Jay, you want to take the When I first the saw the news, uh, I was like, I think I was online and I read the news. I was like, now that I'm, because me, I... At my job, they would give us uh, these tests for free. So I'm just like, oh, yeah. Like, I remember I bought like one or twice, one one or two boxes at like a Rite Aid or whatever. But then like my job gives three at a time. So we you know, once we finish it, we can just go back because um, they bought they bought a whole bunch. But there are people out mm-hmm. there that are like in order to take that, either stand in line in this cold, frigid weather or go to the store, which they might not even have. Yeah. Um so it really sucks, but luckily, um, a week later, they there was an update where the government did buy a whole bunch of uh, COVID tests, and are just you have to do some sort of you go on uh, the post office website, and then you will just go and uh, apply for it. I think you could get up to four. 
Um, yeah, it's four per household. Yeah. So, so like when I when I heard about it, I it. told all my friends. Uh, I told all my yeah. friends and was like, "Yo, just do do this." Um, or even for people or family members that are like of that are old and can't use the computer, yeah. like order for them. Uh, it's a good. It's a good thing. It's at least the government did like this is something like very tangible that the government's doing that it's not like behind the scenes. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna do this." Um, at least if you do that. We get to see like, oh, if you don't like taking the vaccines, at least you can take a test. At least you're not putting something in your body and you can be like, okay, I have COVID. I'm not leaving the house because then it no is, one wants to take a vaccine. There are people out there. It's even lower than the bare minimum, which I didn't even think was possible. Oh, yeah. With like so, uh, the mask. Yeah. Yeah. So the bare minimum for me has always been like, listen, it's absolutely your right if you want to get vaccinated or not. I've gotten vaccinated. I've gotten boosted. If you don't want to, 100%, that is your right as a free American. The least a human being can do is Mm -hmm. wear a mask when you're around a bunch of people. That being said, you now have a free option paid for by your government to help you identify if you are a threat to other people around you. Yes, we're getting to a place where COVID is not as serious as it was previously. Yes, there are less people going into intensive care due to COVID cases. It's not zero. So it's not zero. Don't get yeah, don't get happy. It's not yeah, it's zero. Like, it is less. The it's severity less. of these new strands that have been mutating are weaker. They are weaker strands than previous COVIDs. But they are also weaker because most of the population is vaccinated. Yes. You don't want to get vaccinated. That's totally fine. The latest one, uh, Omicron, is weaker. It's more akin to a flu instead of people having to be on respirators and being in intensive care. Like It's not as bad as it was. It is not at a good enough place where everything's hunky-dory. Yeah. And just to ask you this question, and because I don't know the facts, so it's weaker weaker if you, you are vaccinated. But if you're not vaccinated, so it's, so it's, it's a weaker strand altogether. If you are vaccinated and or have your booster, it's even weaker. That's the whole point of getting vaccinated and, and the booster. It's so that if you were to get it, it would affect you even less. Gotcha. Although Omicron is weaker, it is more contagious. So you're, you're thinking, you got to think about it more so like the common cold, right? It yeah. is more contagious, but it is a weaker variant. So again, you, you might not be, and this is a might, because there are some people that will fall on the outside of this line, like, yeah. but you Even might not get differently. Exactly. You might not, you know, go on a respirator and be in intensive care forever, but the least you can do is wear a mask and get this free test. You get four of them for every household. All you got to do, my wife did it for us. All you got to do is fill out a little form, put your address, and they come to your door. You get four of them. And at any time when you're feeling a little sniffly, you take the test at home and it gives you your results. It's a free rapid test. Do it. What is yeah. it? It's free. There's nothing. Just 15 minutes a, of your time. Not even. It's like 
two minutes. It's a Q-tip that you oh, put well, your nose. The, the process to, to see the. Oh, the like, process to actually, yeah, order it. Yeah, maybe. Mine is 15, but yeah. But I'm talking about actually doing. Oh, the actually thing, doing it doesn't right? take that. Yeah, it's Super freaking, private. you do this, that, done. I just, I, I can't understand people that wouldn't take advantage of this, right? Because, yes, again, people don't want to get vaccinated. Totes your decision. But now it's getting to the point where it's, in my eyes at least, it would be harder and harder to come up with a reason why you wouldn't be doing these things. Because, okay, you don't want to wear a mask because it's uncomfortable and you feel like it's infringing on your freedom. Fine. You don't want to get this free COVID test that literally comes to your door so that you can at you least know if you're sick or not. House. Yeah. Dude, but I don't know. know. Like, what else? What else? What else I'm, I'm just gonna call can the country do things. to help you out? <laughs> like, There are probably on. villains out there that will still do it and then be like, nah, I'm still going out. They're, they're, well, they're yeah, uh, there will always be, unfortunately, people like that. But yes, you can do this thing and it's going to save you money. Like when I first heard, like it was costing people money. It's sad, but now that yeah. uh, it's not going to cost you anything, um, you don't have to be. And you know, depending on where you are in the country, you don't have to be standing out in this these almost close to uh, uh, zero degree weather yeah. to do these tests. Only only well, at one point that you're not only to say that you're not yeah. going to COVID. It's like wow. You and know. then you come home with a cold because you've been out there. <laughs> exactly. You know, and at one point you're right. Like I remember going, uh, wanting to get a test from CVS. Now that they're completely sold out. But before there was a test that was like 70 or $80. And then a couple months later, it was like 20 bucks to pick up a test, a two pack. And then now they're completely gone. So with the state of how everything is going, it's been such a roller coaster with these tests. So I'm happy the government is stepping in and helping out the people, you yeah. know, because and it's not a real thing. Like, it's crazy. It seems like dark times, like almost apocalyptic, where for the flu, for the cold, we never had to like test. Like we felt sniffly. We took something. But this is like, no, we need to know that you have COVID. Like that was that's very that's very post. That's very scary. So. And then in about what is it? We're in 2022. Two years, it's going to be the norm to get vaccinated, just like the flu, the flu yeah. shot. So, I'm I don't know where I'm going to be in two years. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe not. I don't know. But um, I did my first my first vaccination. I'm like, okay, I I did it. Got a few headaches. I'm a coochie. But then it's just like mm, it's going to be normal. It's just going to be a normal thing. It's a little yeah. It's darn, like you know. I I just don't understand the pushback with it all. Like. I don't know, but hopefully with science. it's okay. A lot of them are hopefully flattered. Science <laughs> is wrong sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> hopefully it, it, it becomes a little more commonplace, a little less anxiety riddled for people. And not you know. political. Yes. Of That's all things. That's like the key thing, not political. Let let health please be not political. Facts. So Moving on from that, uh, we have another story that's. I mean, I don't even know about this. This is pretty nuts. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you because do you who's your who's your uh, student loan provider? Not Navient. Okay, so I'll tell you mine because this is my, I'll tell you my story. So 
when well you got to intro intro it intro it first what oh, are we yeah, talking so about here basically uh navion is gonna wipe away i believe i forget it's a lot of money they're gonna wipe away a lot of student loan debt um let me just look it up real quick um they're supposed to really uh cancel 1.7 billion dollars in debt and i'm pretty sure i'm not one of them but anyway i'll tell you why so basically they were in court they were um they're in court because a lot of students believe that they were doing some uh uh what's the word i don't say suspect uh shady Shady. There was a okay, I it was an S word. Yeah, like it was. It felt shady that like, the way they were just giving out money, especially when they knew these students couldn't afford it. So okay. they lost the they lost the 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 court, and then they're they're gonna wipe away this 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 that amount of x amount of money. But funny enough, before I heard the news, before I saw these this news headline, I got an email from Navion saying we're turning we're we're passing on our, our the loans to this company called Advantage Care. I even downloaded the app cuz that's that's you know that's my company. At Aid Advantage. So this is some blue collar crime and this is me saying this. You're moving this to a company called Advantage which is another name. They're just moving our money to that company. The reason I know this is cuz so then I went on I saw this and I was like okay cool like what how much how do I qualify to get my loans? I looked and I was like, it says you need to have been in school or after school, uh, graduated from school from like 2015. I was like, all right, I'm in that. I'm in that. That's me. Then I go down the list. I'm like, I don't recognize none of these like qualifications. I'm like, I don't think I did any of this. So then I go on Twitter and then I see a lot of people. It was bubbling up. On of the course. Top. People are like, hey, uh, Navian, why? Uh, so you're going to forgive a lot of these loans, but why is the company changing to at advantage? A lot of people were saying the same exact thing. And I was like, oh, so I'm not the, I told myself, I'm not the only one. So basically, I'm a, there's going to be an X amount of people that are still going to be paying off their loans. And maybe the $1.7 billion worth of people are going to be, you know, it's going to be forgiven. So I'm probably going to, you know, I'm not lucky. That that's I had to sit there and laugh. And it was like. Well, it seems like they dumped as much as possible so that they wouldn't have to pay back it, whatever. Literally what went through my mind was them putting papers in a shredder as they're yeah. changing everything. That's like, that's moving a, a select few people into the Advantage company. That's just them dumping shred. That's, that's literally what I pictured. And I was like, oh, wow. If this becomes bigger news, I feel like they may for just forgive the entire thing. Luckily, they have till May because I haven't been paying my loan since we they stopped the interest. Because I was like, what's the point? I got a new place. Yeah. I'm not going to put in money that's probably going to get wiped. So I'm going to just wait. And, it's a, and look, and it's a good thing a lot of this is happening because then if this happens, that can change the economy a little bit because then these people that – can that are not beholden to the, to this uh, to this ball of chain here, they may be of, be able to afford a house, car, and that that could change things up. And if if and this is me hoping, this is a big if. If the government sees like, oh, this is working, let's try and forgive the rest of these loans, and then find a better way for students to get into college and not pay an arm and a leg and another leg to. To get it, and one thing that's pretty cool, I think this was during Obama's time. I think he was trying to have community colleges be free. The, 
you have to have a certain GPA. It, it happened. And it's, it happened. And it's free. I mean, it's it's a thing. It's real. It's um SUNY SUNY and CUNYs, so state and city level colleges that fall into the SUNY and CUNY category. But is this across are, the country? I believe so. It's okay. free admission. So a state and so, city college. It, there's stipulations, so you need yeah. to have. I believe you need to have a certain GPA, like you need to keep a C or something like that. And I then, higher, but yeah, the state where you're in, you have to stay for a certain amount of years after school. So you have to commit to living in that state for, I guess, like four sense. years. That's that's that is. I I feel like that's, that's to help not... the economy of that state, which makes sense. Hundred percent. That is that is very agreeable. Instead of saying, "Hey, we're going to charge you a mansion to just learn something," where I can just, to be honest, you can learn from Wikipedia and YouTube nowadays and TikTok to a certain degree. But if I want to get like an actual education, I shouldn't have to be, you know, basically pulling teeth to to learn something. I stuff. mean. Tuition alone before scholarships, if you qualify, before aid, if you qualify, before yeah. food and housing, like you're looking at tuition alone. And this is from when we went to school. It's gone up. Yeah. And it's gone up. Yeah. What, what was our so like 40 when, when we, we went? It was, like it was 60 40. Or 70 now. Yeah. So it's, it it's was ridiculous. 40 when we went to our school. And that is a lot. And dude, we graduated six years ago. Yeah. Right. It's not like we've been out of school for 20 years, you know, like, you know, our school is now, I think it's 60, right? Yeah. About 60 a year. Maybe more. Like that's, that's ridiculous. That's an absolute school too. And we, yeah, we went to a private school, but dude, it's not like we didn't go to freaking Oxford. Yeah. We didn't go to Harvard. Like that's nonsense. Like, it's, it's just so ridiculous, you know, and I've always had my gripes, but you know, you, $40,000 $40,000 a year before everything else. You're going into debt. You are signing on for 160 grand off the cuff. You're not yeah. even talking about all the expenses that come with it. Yeah. Textbooks, food, room and board. If you don't do room and board, transportation, like that all, all of the up. other bills attached to it, you're talking about a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. At the age of 17, you sign. You don't have any freaking idea of, well, you, of yeah. that system at all. You have had if you're this, somebody that you doesn't know the college system and the loans, like if you're not, I guess, in that area of expertise, how or or know someone that's in that area of expertise, how are you supposed to defend yourself to that? Yeah. Especially for you our, our, our generation. Our parents are always saying college gets you a job. Obviously, that's not real because look at the times we live in. Back then, yes. Even even a little before that, you didn't need to go to college. So it's kind of like it's it's doing a role reversal. Back in the olden times, like when uh, I remember uh, in high school, uh, they showed some mentors, like some alumni coming to our school. And they were old heads. They were old whiteheads. Uh, they were, I want to say, 40s, 50s, 60s, these alumni, Mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, I didn't go to college. And they're making money. And then it got to a point where because of our generation and where our parents came from, from the Caribbean, their mindset is go to school, make money. And it kind of flipped. Now it's going backwards. Like you don't need to go to college. To be honest, it's it's realistic because I've learned a lot more after college, way more. 
it's better and you know i didn't find this out till after school it would have been better for me to do a trade it would have been better for me to learn like ac repair because i would have been making a ridiculous amount of money yeah you are set once you learn a trade mechanics ac repair you know plumbing electrical anything yeah all these jobs that unfortunately are looked down upon as like lesser than jobs as someone said you could make uh, in new york killing a a low-skilled worker but i'm not gonna say his name but we know who it is those things pay you more listen my first job out of college after getting my degree and all that was $35,000. That was my salary. $35,000 a year. $35,000 yeah. a year is equivalent to like, I think it was like nine bucks an hour or something like that. Like, Sounds about right. it's, it's, it's a retail, it's a retail job for that. I didn't have to get into debt and I could have just stayed working at Staples. Yeah, over like my, my first day, my first time, or my first job was a doorman, but I only worked the weekends. And the only time I worked a six-day shift was in the summer when my other co-workers went on vacation. So I didn't really have vacation. My vacation was my weekdays. But I wasn't really making a lot. I was making, what, 300 a week? How much is that? That's not a lot. And then, but then when I finally got my part-time job, I saw, I looked at, like, I was only making, like, 20 20,000. This is the second year after college. Yeah. So two years later, I wasn't making money. So my, my, um, oh yeah. And that job took me over a year after graduating to get, oh wow. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I remember now. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was yeah. working in a fish market. <laughs> yes. I was saying I was like, that was, yeah, dude, it's so bad. Cause it's like, you, you need to make more, way more than how much you owe. And I wasn't even close to that. Because luck, luckily, I was still living with my parents. I didn't have anything. The only thing I probably had to worry about was like one phone bill. But then I, and then started paying loans. That's it. I was just paying my loans, and I was doing the best that I can. Um, I remember struggling. I remember there was a point um, in 20, 2017, 2018, I was in my checkings. I had like about 100 bucks. Oh, no, no, my checkings, my savings. My savings. Mm. And I was just like, I don't know how I made it, bro. It was, it's crazy. And hearing, seeing this news right now, it's, it's giving me a glimmer of hope. Cause like right now, like, yeah, I can probably pay off my loans, but then what, for what? I, I didn't, I'm trying to do what I can after college to achieve my dream that the school that kind of raised me didn't really do. Um, which it's very, it sucks to say out loud. Like in high school, my cousin was uh, two years ahead of me. My cousin wants to be a cook. He wanted to be a chef. I know that costs money, but like I think the guidance counselor was like, nah, that's not a thing you should do. Why? He wants to cook. He likes to cook. Why not? Now he's a cop. You can go to a very, but that's a completely different thing. You can, and this is one of my roommates did it. You can go to a very good culinary institute for a fraction of the cost of a four-year college for one year, come out with a good-paying job, and if you have good work ethic, I'm not talking about a dishwasher. You can no, be yeah. a cook right after this. Yeah. You know, you apply yourself just like anything else. You come out with a job at a good place, yeah. and you work your way up just like you would in any other 
job field, 100%. you know, and it's bothersome that, you know, the, that's the kind of direction that people got in, in school, because when you're so impressionable at that age where, you know, everyone's telling you, oh, don't do that because you, you X, Y, and Z, you're not going to do it. You're 16 years old. They know like, better than you at that point. Exactly. Uh, and you've like been conditioned it. and told that your entire life. You know, these adults, these professionals know better than you. So listen to them. Mm-hmm. And then you when you come that. out and you're one of them, yeah, you realize, oh, they were making after 10 years of work, 40 grand, and they're struggling just like I'm going to be doing. So why did I do the same thing? Why were why was I being told this is the way to do it when the person who didn't graduate that mm-hmm. barely got out of high school who decided to say, you know what? I can't do anything else. Let me just go into a work program. They are now making closer to six figures than I will for the next 10 years. That is ridiculous. That is that's a huge disparity disparity and there's nothing against trade schools or work programs or anything like that. Those things are very important. And I, like I said, I wish I did them because you come out with a better, easier future. Oh yeah. You're not shackled to 30 years of debt. There, there are a lot of things I'm not like, to be honest, like we could have definitely done that, but like we would have met, like there's, there's little things that we look at. There's something that um, like there's, I wish I went to a CUNY school or I wish like, okay, to be honest, getting in college is where I found I really wanted to write. Like, there's certain things I was able to yeah. get from it, but if you know, I do. Regret but you can attribute that to your environment and not to the school. Yeah, yeah, that is true. There, there are a lot of things like that 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 I can incorporate to what you know what made me me. But it's like. There are times I'm like, yeah, I would have gotten to the CUNY school, but my dad was like, no, you need to go away. And I appreciate that push because I was like, I was able to become my own person that wasn't, you know, banking on my parents. But then I went to a school where, and to be honest, I didn't know it was expensive, but I, I always have this little uh, part of me in my head that I was hopeful, like things will be okay. I had to go through a lot, but it's like, I'm here now, but it's like, there's it could have easily been I could have not been here. And Very true. you know, the government could probably do a better job in trying to make our, our American citizens, you know, smarter, but not for you know money. Not for profit. Like yeah. money. Yeah, like not not for money, yes, but not for profit. That's the key word. Not for profit. Yeah, there needs to be, you know, higher education needs to be way more accessible. Guided education needs more needs to be more acceptable mm-hmm. accessible so guidance through this process because as much as they say you have these different channels to guide you you really don't you're relying on one individual that hopefully knows what they're talking about yep that's it and, and that you know guidance counselor and it's to, yeah that's to no fault of them because you know the education system is messed up whether it's private or public but True. This Navient thing is a glimmer of hope. Like you said, I'm hoping the president turns around and is like, you know what? We're going to forgive everything. Yeah. YOLO. I'm hoping that happens. I'm sure a lot of people are hoping that happens. Yeah. I doubt it will happen. But this is the first step to hopefully restructuring you know, this terrible process 
for for people, you know, for everyone, for generations to come. Exactly. All right. So that wraps this episode up. So as always, thank you guys for joining in. This was was fun. I liked it. Got real. This was this was a really good one. So as always, be good to each other. We love you. This is Jay Justin Ruiz signing off. And this is Jay Jeremy Francois. Stay safe and be breezy. Stay safe, guys. We love you. Bye.